Howdy y'all and welcome to Liberty Libations. My name is Jake Green, joined once again by Alden, Zane, and Steven. How are y'all doing tonight? Cheers. Pretty good. Great. Cheers. We got anything special we're drinking tonight or usual? It's a good night when you have a Negroni, honestly. Uh, just homebrew, strawberry blonde. Homebrew. Uh, a home, home recipe where the main ingredient is orange juice concentrate because I happen <laughs> to have some left over. <laughs> I gotta say that sounds so bad. Like I hate orange juice in general. Orange juice with, mixed with stuff from orange juice concentrate sounds like a lot. The it's color actually, looks green. It's kind of. It's not a very appealing color, really. It, <laughs> no, it's it, not it really exactly. could. It really could use a glow up now that's being featured on a podcast. It's kind of an orangish. No, it's um. Mixed with orange liqueur, tequila, and chocolate liqueur. Which, ah. if I was being really generous, I would describe the the color as burnt orange. But if I were being not it's so generous, I would describe it as mud. baby poop. <laughs> baby poop. Yeah. There we go. Gosh, why did you why did you choose the chocolate liqueur to go along with that those other mixtures? Well, orange and chocolate is a classic flavor combination, so. Is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You wow. get those chocolate oranges at Christmas time. You got to slam them on the table. To yeah. <laughs> I have never Jake, had have a you never watched orange. the Food Network? <laughs> uh, not enough, I guess. I've, I've never heard of a chocolate orange. I've... Wow. Or yeah. like orange chocolate hazelnut cake or something. Or You're just saying a bunch of words that don't go together. <laughs> you, just, you just you know, don't you put a enough palate. <laughs> yeah. I, you're the odd one out, at least. I'm going to highlight that, Jake. That's fair. I'll take it. I don't. I don't <laughs> mind whatsoever. All right. Well, y'all, what uh, has anything happened in y'all's world in the LP world this week that we should talk about before we launch into our topics? Steven, you got anything? Uh, Josh Smith was on Tim Pool. I, I didn't get to watch that yet, but uh, yeah, yeah, I, I haven't watched it like yet. A good time. Spike Cohen was on there as well. That was a good episode. Um, and yeah, uh, Dave Smith and Scott Horton are beefing now. Are they really? I, I, apparently, Dave quoted him without giving him proper recognition or something. Oh, okay, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> but I did see. You had to concern for a minute. I did see that part of the problem was the number one news podcast on Spotify for the past week. Really? Nice. Yeah. And the number two podcast was Liberty Libations, I would assume. <laughs> yeah. Two, but preceded by. A couple of zeros and a decibel, like maybe so. <laughs> uh oh, is Jake frozen? I think uh, all He's of y'all went away for that entire thing. I think uh, you went away. everything that we yeah. just talked about. Okay, well, yeah, I'm just saying on my <laughs> we screen, everybody went away. <laughs> Man, that was weird. My internet went out for a second, even though it's uh, a bright and sunny day, and I've had no problems with it until now. That's great. All right. It looks like we There's have going to be a wildfire that in? starts. Let him in. Let him in. Dad, come, y'all. My internet is. Uh oh. Cyber challenged. Yeah. Go, go, get to Starlink. Yeah. <laughs> so does this mean. Yeah. But that, at least we got his Tucker Carlson face. At least we closed <laughs> on that. All right, I'm back. I think Wait, we're live, and it's. I thought we started at 8:05. What's yeah, the well, on time thing? 
we're we're becoming a new libertarian party, Nick. It's a libertarian yeah. party where we're we show up on time and we take things seriously. Well, I am also. <laughs> right, the, I, I am I also, said this was uh, a libertarian party. <laughs> I'm also the uh, third person here not drinking whiskey. I guess I am drinking homemade mead. Yeah. How is it? How about that? Pretty good. Better than I would have thought it would turn out. What's the gravity on it? I don't know. I didn't check it before bottling it. <laughs> it tastes strong. Okay. Tell us by the end of the episode, then, I guess. It tastes strong, so all that's right. all that matters. Good evening, Grumpy, up, Grumpy? Gnome. All right. Yeah, I uh, my internet, y'all, it, it has been working perfectly until we started streaming, so... That's that's a bit suspicious. In my, it waited in until my... it didn't matter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, let's launch into our first uh, first story. For some reason, I keep getting this message on all of my Instagram stuff, even though I haven't been on Instagram basically all day. Um, this is a longer video. We're gonna watch the whole thing, and let's do it. Thank you. Do they know what the Gadsden flag is? But it's a historical flag. So there, um, the reason that they do not want the flag, the reason we do not want the flag this way, is due to with the slavery and slave trade. That is what was, um, that's the reasoning behind them. The Gadsden Yeah, everyone knows. The don't tread on me. Which is the best book. Um, Her face okay. is so, so he, annoying. He, um, Agreed. What is going on with this? He's, what's going to happen if he doesn't take it off? He, I mean, he is able to go. I was actually just telling him, like, I was upset that he stuff out of his bag and go back to class. <laughs> like, I just want him to go back to class. The bag can't go back. It's got patch on it because we can't have it in and around other kids. So that's what I was trying. And then he said you were close. So I was like, oh. Y'all. Y'all got to start talking for a bit. I got, I'm going to log right, yeah. back in. So we got the basic gist of it here is, is uh, some busybody uh, Karen which, you know, let me go ahead and remind you folks, and all love and respect to like, my like wife. Government school all. teachers are government employees still. There you go. There you yeah. go. And, and uh, statistically, they test the lowest on all the test scores. Um, it, uh, you know, all love and respect to my wife and her alma mater and people in that profession. But as a demographic, uh, school instructors, government school instructors, uh, are at the uh, lower end of the academic prod. Um just kind of how it is. And now, <clears throat> you know, you, you get this evidence more and more by these people that try to inject uh, morality into their teachings. You know, they think they're there to, oh, well, I'm, I'm there to, you know, shape young men, all that kind of stuff. And it's like that, you know, you're there to educate. Um, you know, you're not there to inject your morals and things. And um, it's just, it's crazy that, you know, this is the kind of stuff that's coming in the wake of taking prayer out of school. I mean, the two might be unrelated. I don't know. Um, but you know, this is the kind of stuff you get when you have compulsory education on this level that you just wind up getting the, the bottom of the barrel of the people that are actually instructing. Is she even a good teacher? 
I would even just I, say that what's more troubling is how much she just kept, because I watched the video before this, and how much she just kept going, you know, it's the policy, it's the rule, and she's just like, but avidly enforcing it, and there's no way I would enforce that. I don't care, you know, who told me, like, what marching orders it was, and there's absolutely no way. And an, another point to, like, the government employee, the teacher thing, or whatever, they seem to be very much, like, just in step with, you know, what's what's being handed down as for, sort of, like, the marching orders kind of a thing, which is frustrating. Yeah. I, ha I happen to notice that everybody in that room was sitting in swivel chairs. You know, swivel chairs also invented by a slave owner. So <laughs> we didn't now. even start trivia yet, and Zane's got the random facts of the day. Right? Yeah, there we go. Nice. Also, the terrible, terrible governor yeah. of Colorado defended. Hey, hey, kids. Reason Magazine told me he's the most libertarian governor in the country. My bad. Because he locked the people down during COVID. That's my bad. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I, red flag walls. I forgot that reason is reasonable. I forgot about that. Um, yeah, no, but Jared Polis defended the Gladstone flag after the student was removed from class in Colorado Springs. Like that's the fact that that dummy decided to go against what his teachers and his uh, and his state were saying is is pretty funny and that makes that lady look even dumber than she already uh, well, and just based on those two facts alone you know that you can put these two on opposite ends of each other here that tells me that there there's possibly a teachers union in the area mm. uh, and that's once government employees unionize this is the kind of crap you get um you know if they're <laughs> if they're allowed to lobby together to to get more of your money <laughs> with no output no extra output all you get is extra bureaucracy. Oh, well, we have these extra rules in place. Okay, what does that, that do for efficacy? Huh? That, that is the absolutely perverse thing about public sector unions is that they're unionizing against you. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> you are the one that they're trying to extract more money from in this situation. But it's way worse than private sector unions because at least, you know, there is some sort of incentive for the owners of the business to you know have good relations with their um labor force but also still being providing um products that people want with the public sector union the people who they're negotiating with the politicians are not actually like the the people who have to care whether the service is good or bad because they can make right. you consume the service regardless of how bad it is but then you know, they're also the ones that can get campaign donations from the very public sector unions that they just acceded to the terms of. There we mm -hmm. go. Well, and it's and it's abuse of power on the teacher's part too, because she's offended for somebody that might not even exist or be a, a part of this equation. You know, was, was there a better person for it? Exactly. You know, like was, was there a, a minority kid in this class who was like, "Hey, that represents slavery. That's offensive to me," or was she just automatically offended for them? Um, there's also Colorado the concept of, I don't think there's any minorities kids in the class there. Uh, well, oh, yeah, we are talking about fair. Colorado Springs. So, um, uh, <laughs> isn't I mean, there a, a prime example of that would be the NFL. Okay. So you have the Washington commanders, you know, cause the, the Redskins team was racist, right? So now you have an Indian tribe, this lobby together that were like, bro, that was preserving our heritage for the last 80 years. We want it back. <laughs> Bring back. The really? Redskins. Yeah. Oh, yeah there, now, there's some petition the going is, around. Wow. Yeah, and now the team is not recognizing them. And they're like, that's racist because now you're saying we don't <laughs> exist. 
Dang. <laughs> Dude, when all the woke stuff went down with that, my high school changed from, from the Indians to the Bulldogs, and it just pissed me off to no end. They were trying to get they were trying to get rid of that back when I was there, and I was like, "You motherfuckers aren't doing this." And then uh, should have changed it to the Shih Tzus. Uh, the the weaker, you know, all the <laughs> all the uh, you know the weak generation showed up, and you know they didn't put up the fight. And actually, it was just done in the middle of the night when the George Floyd thing happened. It was like, oh, the board unanimously decided that we're no longer doing this, and it's like, oh well, fuck you guys. Yeah, well, and do y'all remember growing up watching the Atlanta Braves and Chief Nakahoma would come out? Yeah. No, I'm from Pittsburgh. Those were the days. They had a a TV in the outfield. There was a dude dressed up in the Indian. He'd get out and start dancing. uh, You had the Buccaneer. Yeah, the Pirates fan. Which might be racist in its own way or something. (laughs) Probably. It's racist against Somali Pirates. Exactly what I was going to say, right? (laughs) The whole a little update with the Jaden situation. Um, Is that the kid today. with the backpack? Yep. Um, Freaking Ron Paul fan here. Revolution. Mm-hmm. Right on. He's, he's got Shiba Inu. <laughs> he's got, <laughs> I saw got the, the Shiba, right yeah. Yeah, what, what else has he got in here? What are some of these? I can't zoom in. What an interesting flag to like pick a fight with as a symbol, too, because it's the very symbol that says don't tell me what to do or not to do <laughs> like it's right. painfully it's like you're, ironic to watch you're literally making this flag needed yes you know? yours yes you're calling upon <laughs> now the very meaning of this flag which i would the second thing i was going to say there is i i have never heard anyone say not even a rumor or a rumbling about this being associated with slavery in any way i've never like uh, there's the confederate slavery. flag there's, there's all there's like been in the corners of the internet like which it, there's always you know something's racist about everything right so there's i guess i wasn't in that corner these are trying to erase our history you know anything about our nation's founding represents you know slavery or some kind of uh some kind of awful history is to make us ashamed of of how we were founded you know you bring up christopher columbus and all they want to talk about is smallpox blankets uh, you know, i mean columbus- his germ theory didn't exist at that point so columbus <laughs> i have some issues with honestly that's a whole other time no one had uh I well, mean, there's this other is... things, but you know, germ theory uh, didn't exist until what someone uh, until what's his name saw cells in what the 1800s. It was it was early so... 1900s we discovered yeast was a living organism. So I, I think it was around the time that we had microscopes. That'd be early yeah. 1900s. Right, like you know, everything before then was what miasma theory and yeah, miasma theory. Uh, you know, uh, disease was transmitted through smells. Awful smells get got you sick. <laughs> Who was Which it is, that made the like? In a certain way, it was kind of it was. It, I mean, it was a reasonable assumption based off of kind of what we know now, but it's just not the fa- it's not the real thing, right? So, yeah, Zane, do you know this? You know, do you know who made the convex lens first and put it on his hand and saw the little things crawling around and he called them wretched beasties? <laughs> um, I, if memory serves, the first person to a Dutch develop name, something right? that uh, Leeuwenhoek. Who is I that think right? It was all the way back in the 1600s. It was the inventor yeah. of the first thing that would be recognizable as a microscope. I think but it was like that, during the Renaissance. That's like, the name yeah, I was, was thinking. It was it was something. Germ yeah. theory. Yeah, I don't know about germ theory. Yeah, but okay. I haven't I haven't made clips of this show in a while. But I'm definitely making a clip called "Wretched Beasties." <laughs> <laughs> that was like that's, that's our overtime set. That's our overtime segment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're on a show on Rumble only. Yeah, Liberty Libations, semi or colon, wretched beasties. 
<laughs> now, if this kid has Always a Kekistan about- patch on his bag, I'm sending him a Christmas card. <laughs> oh. yeah how much love i miss, that when, I miss when that was a thing like that like did you ever see that msnbc special report on uh it was called kekistan rising i watched that clip on youtube like 20 times because it was absolutely hilarious like they were trying to be serious and every every clip is just someone doing a meme troll <laughs> oh yeah that was the way we would get the antifa pages shut down too because right after rolling stone dropped that article saying that the uh the floppy pigeon, you know, the, the, the floppy head pigeon was racist. So all you had to do is go on the Antifa pages and just spam that bird and it would get shut down. <laughs> spam that, <bird>. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so stupid. I know people on the internet. I mean, the things we do on the internet, if, what if we did the, all of these things in real life to people, if like just in real life, everybody just showed up with signs of that stupid pigeon, like a stupid bird. <laughs> And just meme the crap out of people in in real life. Uh, I mean, back in my day, I mean, we had a, a Xerox machine in the house. We used to Xerox our butt cheeks and put that in the mailbox. Oh <laughs> <laughs> About the same thing. Yeah. That's yeah, that'll over. get you taken down, too. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty great. Um, all right, y'all. Well, we're going to do this early. It is... Alright, here we go. All right, 831-23, this day in history, Ruby Ridge and Flag on the Play. Our categories, you all know the rules, we're not going to go through them. The all-time scoreboard is Lane 8, Nick 3, Death 2, Steven 1, Audience 1, Alden 1. Well, today's a day where Alden could uh, double his total score. <laughs> <laughs> As could I. So could the first round, first round is this day in history. I will be reading, as usual, the entire question, and I will try to note who puts their hand up first. Let's do it. Um, actually, let me get this thing so I can see. There we go. All right, here we go. First question. On this day in 1888, which famous serial killer claimed his first victim? Alden. Jack the Ripper. Jack the Ripper. That's what got kicked, got me kicked out of school one day. Uh, there was a kid in school that made t-shirts. said, all work and no play makes Jack the Ripper. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, there was there was like three dozen of us wearing the shirt one day. And everybody, all the teachers were like, no, no, no all y'all over to the side. Get that out of here. <laughs> I had a different cool. thing pop into my head when you were like, that's what got me kicked out of school. I was like, you killed someone? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that would get you kicked out. Yeah, that, that'll get you. All right, question number two. On this day in 1897, Thomas Edison patents his first camera. What is it called, Zane? The Cinescope? Nope. Alden, you put your hand up for like half a second. Were you trying to answer? I, I was, but now I'm going to let everyone else go. <laughs> All right, Steven, go. I'm going to go with the Edison camera. Wrong. <laughs> Nick. The photoscope. No. Alden, it's your it's. Your Is it go. a silver graph or something like that? No. No. You'll have 10 seconds. Nick. The I stole this from Tesla. 
That's, that's a better name than what it ended up being. <laughs> Grumpy, the, the Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Joel Jones, you get the point for the audience, brother. It is the Kinetograph. Bravo, audience. Is Joel Jones a new uh, a new watcher? I don't recognize him from. I don't recognize him either. Joel, thanks for tuning oh, in to the to the show. Welcome, welcome. Here we go. Next question. On this day in 1955, William Cobb demonstrated the first ever car in this category. What powered it, Zane? Electricity. I mean, electricity has powered many cars. Be more specific. Um, solar power. There we go. Solar-powered car. All right. Next question. On this day in 1935, FDR signs what act? Dang, I think that was Nick. Uh, whichever one steals the gold. <laughs> <laughs> no, Stephen. Uh, the New Deal. Uh, hang on a second. Let me. Uh... Pretty sure that's a collection of acts. Yeah, yeah not... I think oh. that was mm. the old deal then. Hmm. So actually, this is interesting. I didn't. Uh, I should have done a little bit more research on this. It was signed. Looks like it's been signed multiple times. I might have to. Uh... I might have to avoid this question. Avoid um, it. Yeah. The answer is Neutrality Act. Oh. How, however, there are multiple Neutrality Acts, which I had no oh. idea. Do it any happened. of them actually keep us neutral, or are they all just like a pretense for war? First, <laughs> let's see. Uh, no, they're all pretense for war. Yeah, we move yeah. our ships closer and closer to them and say, stop touching me. Stop yeah, touching but there me. were three, of, the, three of them were signed. Yeah. <laughs> How three. dare you don't like that we put, we put nukes on your border. Three of them were signed during the 1930s. So um, that question is voided. All right. The real, question, the real question is whether neutrality is a really convoluted acronym. <laughs> <laughs> I don't right. know if we're doing that quite yet. I mean, that's, that's a today practice to sell it to the, to the dummies. Yeah, that's fair. All right. Next question. On this day in 1997, what famous member of the royal family died? Zane. Uh, Princess Diana. Nailed it. Not the hardest one, but uh, they're not all going to be hard. But the fastest hand, though. Yep. Next question. On this day in 1991, what country declared independence from the Soviet Union? Alden. I think there's two. I think it's Kyrgyzstan and, like, Uzbekistan or something. It's only Uzbekistan, and you got it. Oh. Uh, wow. <laughs> I thought it was both. They have, bo they have bone in their brain anyway. Uh, I think Kyrgyzstan was a different day. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, but it was around the same time. Um, okay, that's then, right. it is this day in history, not this week or whatever. Yeah, Joel, uh, Ukraine was last week. That was last week. Actually. Yeah, we had the same week, question yeah. last week. Uzbekistan, I don't remember which uh, one it was. Uzbekistan yeah. is inferior to, to Kazakhstan. Very nice. <laughs> King of the Borat. Goodness gracious. Oh, bone <laughs> in their brain. Here, here we go. On this day, 1945, which Irish singer-songwriter was born who went on to write mega-hits such as Into the Mystic, Domino, and Brown-Eyed Girl? Steven? Oh, man. Steven waved emphatically, but 
was it yeah, before me? Put, it was, it was Alden, you got to go look. towards the screen, man. You can't just put your I can't see Dang it. it. Just put your hand up. Gotcha. I've told you a million times. That's true. Wrong. It is Alden. not Bob Seger, but I think it's Van Morrison. It is Van Morrison. Van Morrison. Brown yeah, Eyed Girl. You know, several songs in 2020 that were stridently opposed to the lockdowns. It was awesome. In 2020? Yeah, they were called like "Born to Be Free." One's literally called "No More Lockdown." <laughs> no yeah. metaphor there. Yeah. Wow. Which, by the way, tonight's a blue moon. The you know, if you want to break out "Moon Dance" with the lady, play some Van Morrison. Say, so, yeah, Alden, don't uh, don't raise your hand like you're a third grader in a classroom. Hit that camera. Yeah. One. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next question. On this day, 1998, which country launches its first satellite? Zane. China. Wrong, Stephen. Um, Soviet Union. No, excuse Wrong. me. Uh, Russia. Russia. Wrong. Nick. India. Nope. Alden. France. Wrong. Dang it. Open back up to the floor. Zane. Japan. Nope. Nick. Uh, uh, Italy. <laughs> I love Alden. He's, <laughs> he's like using the force on the camera. <laughs> Alden. You will say it's France. Yeah. <laughs> Alden. Pick. Uh, Italy was not correct. Italy was not correct. <sighs> Britain. Nope. Steven, you get one guess, and then it's going to either the audience or to... Sudden uh, death. I'll go with uh, Spain. Wrong. It is North Korea. I would have not guessed that. Yeah. As I did not guess that. I didn't even know that they'd gotten <laughs> satellites up there. <laughs> yep. Permanent ones. On this day in 12 AD, which Roman emperor was born whose brief reign was marked by unpredictable and tyrannical behavior, ultimately ending in his murder? Nick. Nero? No. Zane. Caligula. Freaking Caligula. Yeah. Bravo. Dang There's so it. many options on that, though. Yeah. But thank you for the writing style, though. There are not so many Calligraphy? Options. Is that from that? There are not so many options because there's only one that was born on this day. <laughs> right, time. like as far as tyrannical Roman emperors, there's there's a lot of good ones. There, Somebody there, look up Nero's birthday. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, next question. On this day in 1973, this legendary and prolific director died. He directed 140 films, primarily in the genres of Western and military history. Who was it? He's known for westerns. Zane. Jackie Chan. Oh my god. <laughs> Call back to ten episodes ago. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> yeah. This is sad. Alden. The good, the bad, and the ugly. What? <laughs> the audience gets it. It is John Ford. Thank you, Mitch. You're the man. Did he direct the good, the bad, and the ugly? Uh that's a good question. I don't. He directed so many daggum movies, man. Like I don't so know Western directors. Many so. movies. Yeah. I, I mean, I know right. Eastwood, but he's still alive. I was. That's why I was going to make that same <laughs> statement. Yeah. At the end of round one, Zane three, Alden three, audience two, Stephen and Nick nothing. Got to call me once in a while. So today is uh, the anniversary of the end of Ruby Ridge. So I thought this would be a great category. So mm. Here we go. Um. Per usual, if it's, it's, if it's asking for a number, you each get one guess, so you better make it count. All right, here we go. 
What was the name of the informant who befriended the Weaver family and played a role in escalating tensions before the standoff? Alden. Jake Tapper. <laughs> no, wrong. <laughs> Nick. Joe Biden. No, that would have been a good one, though. All right, I don't think y'all are going to get this. Steven. Janet Reno. <laughs> no, she's just the one who ordered people to die. <laughs> Zane, it's up to you, buddy. Because I'm not waiting another 10 seconds for this. Go, Zane. Last go. Man. Alden Hardy. Oh <laughs> Kenneth, what year I don't was even this? know how you pronounce his last name. 1992. Okay, I was two years old, so that's I that's was probably true then. No, barely alive. <laughs> Grumpy no. Fatally, fatally, <laughs> fatally. Yeah. Jackie Chan. Which fatally? What a interesting name to have for that. Fatally, like it sounds like fate. Fatally, like yeah. that's interesting. All right, next question. These are worth two points, by the way. How many days did the standoff last, Zane? Seven. Wrong, Alden. Eight. Wrong, Steven. Nine. Wrong, Nick. Thirteen. All right, uh, Steven. Oh, audience gets it before we had to go to rock, paper, scissors. Joel <laughs> is crushing it. It is 11. Nice. From August 21st to August 31st of 1992. Joel is crushing it tonight. Mitch came in right after it and said 11 as well. Bravo. All right. Next question. What was the original charge that Randy Weaver was acquitted of, even though the standoff resulted from a dispute related to this charge? Nick. It was a uh, sawing off the barrel of a shotgun. Nailed it. Possessing an illegal sawed off shotgun got his. I wasn't even going to be that specific, so I'm glad Nick went first because I was going to say just an illegal weapon of some kind. I didn't know the sawed off part. I would not have got you the point. Yeah, I, yeah. Would, not, I would not have given that to you. Um, hang on. Gotta... There we go. All right. Next question. How much money did the U.S. government eventually settle with the Weaver family in a wrongful death lawsuit? Zane. Five million. Okay. Steven. 20 million. Okay. Nick. I'll take one dollar, Drew. <laughs> Alden. He even called him Drew. I like gold. Alden, guess. A million. <laughs> one million. Uh, Zane wins it with five million. It's 3.1 million. That um, is Gosh, Grumpy Gnome, you came in right, after, right at the end. You'd have gotten it audience would have been up even more all right um Joel said thought it was failure to appear that happened i believe it's both that's after yes. yeah uh, after he was charged for the shot after he Correct. was uh, coerced into the, the initial shotgun. charge was the gun and then he didn't appear yeah yeah because it was like it was the atf who like was trying to get him to uh basically be an informant about the white supremacists in the area and they like Oh, so saw off his shotgun barrel for us. And he's like, no, I'm not going to saw off the shotgun barrel for you. <laughs> Apparently it was like hounding him until he's like, fine, I'll just saw the damn barrel off. And then they're like, oh, you broke the law. Is it really? Was it like a, an entrapment? It was basically kind of like, it was a complete entrapment deal. Hmm. And then so he was like, that. yeah. And so he was, and actually the failure to appear wasn't, as far as I, I'm, as far as I think, 
the way it went was they changed the court date on him, and that's what led to the failure to appear. It wasn't so, like, that, well, this is bullshit, and I'm not showing up. It was like they didn't inform him properly. Oh. Date. They changed it or something. And uh, Deep cuts trivia. Interesting. All right. Final question of this round. Here we go. What broader anti-government movement did the Ruby Ridge incident help expand across the U.S.? Nick. The militia movement. You are darn right, buddy. I was I was almost certain that one of the answers was going to be Lon Horiuchi. Oh. To this. Tough. <laughs> Tough. I'm, sad. I'm glad it wasn't, just so you didn't get that point. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I figured the who killed, you know, who, who murdered Randy <clears throat> while she was holding their baby, their baby in her arms. Answer, Lon Horiuchi. <clears throat> yep. Yep. Nope. I didn't want to do uh, any of those. I thought they were too easy. <laughs> all right. Final round. Flag on the play. This is all about flags of the United States. Um, three points each. Here we go. In what year did the 48 star flag become official and how long was it used? You must get both. Zane. So it was adopted, I'm pretty sure, in 1912. And I'm pretty sure the 50 star version was 1959, which means 1959 minus 1912 for 47 years. You got it. Wow. wow. No, leave. You're out. <laughs> Man. That's Zane's, Zane's going to have to be the, the trivia master at some I've point. I've been so telling I'll I've be been showing you this uh, for weeks. Yeah, well. Zane needs to be the one making trivia because he wins too much. Yeah, it is ridiculous. Although, I feel like he'd make trivia that would be impossible <laughs> for everyone. Um, <laughs> What's you know, in my I... drink right now? Yeah, he, he would just do Taylor Swift trivia every week. There we go. All right, next question. What was the name of the flag that had a single white star on a blue background used by the South at the beginning of the Civil War? Steven. Betsy Ross? Nope. Zane. The Bonnie Blue. <laughs> nice. I've never even heard of this flag. I was going to say Towley. <laughs> Final question of the day. What's the name of the U.S. flag that features 13 stars and a large 76 in the Canton? Zane. Now is the time for the Betsy Ross flag. Wrong. All oh, no. Hmm. Lucky 13. <laughs> wrong steven I, I didn't raise my hand yet oh i'm sorry nick nick my bad. uh let's go with uh the centennial flag nope steven you got an answer uh the continental flag nope all right nick Trick oh. audience gets it the bennington flag audience did good today man dang Audience did great today. Final score. Thank everybody. Thank you everybody for playing. The final score was Zane eleven, audience seven, Nick four, Alden three, Stephen, big fat goose egg, brother. <laughs> I'm reading the wrong books. <laughs> switch up the reading. Well, thank you all for playing. Great times. Love it. Um, love that we get. I, I, I enjoy the trivia section of this of this podcast a lot. We get a lot of. Uh, I get to end up, you know, doing a bunch of research that I normally wouldn't do for a whole bunch of different things, and so I get to learn stuff. I think everybody else learns stuff, and 
I don't know. It's fun. I enjoy it. What do y'all think? Should we keep on doing trivia? Over oh, the I love it. Yes. If yeah. you remember, trivia night is the reason why I became a regular cast member of the show. That's that true. is true. Yeah. Yeah, Joel, I understand why you think you should get a 20-point handicap. The difference is that you are allowed to look things up online. So technically speaking, <laughs> you should always have the right answer at the some delay point. The delay and there Google is a, kind of There is a delay. Yeah, no, there is a you delay. do have to type, but you do get Google as well. So yeah, um, that is a slight advantage. The audience has won once. So it's not, not. I was true. in the audience. Shut your mouth, Zane. <laughs> no one likes somebody with an ego. <laughs> Joel, we would never, we'd never look on Google. Yeah, That's Jake, terrible. don't don't encourage the audience to look the answer as well. I I respect. Where's the, the integrity, integrity in that? Um, no integrity. There's, there's no integrity, you know. At least All you right. know I'm not looking That's it up. That's the problem with trivia these days. Wrong. There's no integrity. <laughs> there's, there's no integrity. No integrity. All right, we're gonna launch into our next topic, and I'm still getting this annoying message. Um, we're going to watch two videos in a row. Well, we'll watch this one, then we'll talk about it, then we'll go on to the Maui stuff. So here we go. Columbia, Canada are no strangers to fighting wildfires on their own, but this time they've been met with RCMP blockading the roads. So I'm going to be arrested if I go across that bridge. Why are we wasting these resources right now on this? Let's just wait this. Like, you don't understand. Like, yeah, save your house, but when that bush is behind and I can run out there with a shovel and buckets of water and put out 30 spot fires in a day. When and I save that old lady's house. I can save 10 she's gonna house. Burn down. Not only have they restricted their travel, but in some areas they've shut off the water. Somebody on uh, Facebook or Instagram can tell me how the fucking, why there's no water in the water hydrant. Well, it's because of power possible but i'm all not very very suspicious and we're led to believe that yeah. authorities have oh, our best in interest at heart where was this was this maui this was canada canada oh okay you couldn't tell by the accent oh yeah <laughs> and the beady eyes and the floppy heads and the Tim Hortons in the background <laughs> i missed yeah, most of the i mean video. we've been affected by some pretty terrible um, wildfires uh, up in Montana just, just from the smoke from Canada. I mean, we've had some wildfires here um, since I've been here, but um, the the wildfire wildfires in Canada have been um, pretty intense all summer, and many of them started at uh, basically within 30 minutes of each other. There's one video showing how quickly that. Yeah, it's so many of them started on the same day. Crazy how they all like just start minutes. at the same yeah. time. It's, it's, it's like, like a like, an entire province just erupted in flame. Yeah. At the same moment. It's like yeah. there were people who might have a mm. who tell you that all the wildfires are from I don't know, something like uh I don't want to say climate yeah, climate shifting. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Joel said the R RCMP is the very definition of dirty state puppets. I literally know nothing about um about RCMP, but if they're they like if they're like the state troopers here in the U.S., then yeah, they suck. They're the Mounties. They ride mooses. They have the mounties. They'll pull you over, and if you write "Canada sucks" on the side of your eighteen wheeler, they'll pull you over and make you write it in French as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. The Mounties um, have maybe one of the best propaganda arms of any uh, police agency in the world. 
Because everybody, if you just ask somebody on the street, describe a Mountie, assuming they know what one is, they're like, oh, they're so polite. They have the funny hat and the red uniform. Hmm. And they ride a moose. And and they they (laughs) want to tell you about processes. And they're the Canadian version of the FBI. That's interesting. I I didn't know that. Yeah, they're the National Police Force. The yeah, Royal I mean, Canadian mounted mounted police. Yeah, what like, what's with the mounted? Who cares? Like, I guess they used to be on horses or something back when they were first started. Like, what, what mooses. The crap? Mooses. Okay, the mooses <laughs> would make more sense. <laughs> Literally <laughs> redcoats. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. That's good, Elizabeth. Love it. Um, so yeah, a lot of weird stuff going on in Canada, and here's one from. Maui. Um, this is a reporter, a journalist, trying to report on what's going on down there. So here we go. Here. Here. Hey, what's up, Nick? I've been trying to reach you. I've been reaching out to you on X. Um, this guy's live on air. To be, uh, meeting with people here. Who do you, what victim? Uh, okay. Yeah. So this is this is so you're seeing this live right now. People actually track they yeah. track me down. You're staying in a tent. You said you're coming and staying in a tent. I'm not taking up any resources here. People's minds here. So they have. This has been happening to multiple journalists. Um, They'll they'll be trying to record something. Trying to uh, that guy was live on the air, and a random person will come up and start questioning them why they're there saying that they've been trying to contact them, saying that they've been um, that they said they weren't going to use any resources on the island and they were just going to stay in a tent, like basically saying all these things that it's clear the guy didn't actually say. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just a really weird, creepy, odd thing to happen over and over. Multiple times. Yeah. It's It's not just this guy. There are many others that have interrupted like, you know, an Instagram live or just them recording something. And then they'll go, you know, um, write an article. It's it's sheriff's office. What's that? uh, It's an oftentimes it's a sheriff's office. Uh, And and of course, you know, they're, they're nice. They're cordial uh, because you know, a lot of people are like, Hey, thank you for your service, man. This is a crappy situation here. Let me know what I can do to help. Not okay. Well, first thing you can do is shut off the camera. (laughs) (laughs) What? Uh, (laughs) yeah i mean it's it's really bizarre that it keeps happening over and over again and like that guy who approached him was just wearing like a black t-shirt he's a fed like what the heck is going on here it it's really strange and you could tell that guy was super the reporter was super uncomfortable they're not letting reporters in anymore it's it's now like most people have uh drones through companies that are that are in compliance with the FAA. And so their drones won't take off in certain areas. And now they've made the entire no fly zone, no fly zone for drones. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you have your own homemade drone with no GPS on it, you can't get in there with a drone. And they put up, they put up fences and they put up fences at the very beginning. And now they put up black, black, like, Covering silt liner over stuff over so it, that like, you can't yeah. see through it anymore. Yeah, so nothing so, suspicious. So they're hiding, about a, that. You know, so they're to get very morbid, they're hiding a tide of, ton of bodies, aren't they? They, I mean, they could I mean, be, they don't I don't know. know how many people they're hiding. They were oh, last I heard there were still over a thousand missing people, and everyone said, that, Oh, the schools were out on that day, 
because there was no power at the school and uh yep so that's just you know the speculation is just kids burning up like crazy because no warning parents at work kids home from school yep like let's, it, let's watch this there's one. something going on there yep there we go i feel compelled to shed light on some important facts about the maui wildfires let's set personal opinions aside and focus on the facts first off there were no emergency sirens activated to warn residents despite the presence of these sirens on the island. It's baffling, isn't it? Another thing to note is that school was canceled on that day, meaning that all the kids were at home. Imagine the panic and confusion that must have ensued. But here's where it gets even more alarming. When residents tried to fight the flames approaching their homes using hoses, they were greeted with a shocking revelation. The water had been shut off. Can you imagine the desperation and frustration they must have felt? Both residents and firefighters were left without this crucial resource. And as if that wasn't enough, the situation at Front Street in Lahaina added an extra layer of disbelief. Residents attempting to evacuate were met with a police barricade, preventing them from moving even as the flames closed in. It's mind-boggling to think that orders were given to keep those cars stationary despite the imminent danger. Now. Brace yourselves for some strange anomalies. The temperature of the flames was intense enough to burn tires and aluminum on vehicles. Weirder still, some blue umbrellas were left unscathed, while trees stood strong amidst the devastation. But perhaps the most puzzling aspect is the selective preservation of blue-colored objects near destroyed areas. It defies logic and raises even more questions about what actually happened. More reports coming. Stay tuned. All right, so for those just listening, when he started talking about the color blue, they had a it's, laser and they were yeah. shining it on different color material, and the blue one was the only one that didn't burn. If you have a blue laser, it'll reflect back yeah, blue, blue spectrum uh, light. Like. Is a, is the shortest wavelength of visible yeah. light, uh, so that's why you know when you when you talk about you know measuring distance with lasers, uh, you know green lasers are okay, red ones are better. Or excuse me, red ones are red ones are okay. Green ones are better. Uh, and then if you if you manage to get a blue laser, even better. Uh, that's that's how you have you know. Just look at your DVD technology. You know when we moved up to Blu-ray, mm. um, you could pack more data onto the same disc because blue light shorter wavelength. You can pack more data into it. So it's <laughs> it's a wavelength thing. It's like more cycles per second, kind of equivalent yeah. almost. Like yeah. Interesting. So. I'm going to do a bit of a variation on my typical routine of being skeptical of conspiracy theories, which is to say to anybody who understandably thinks that the space laser theory is not correct, I'm speaking directly to you, because I'm pretty sure that the space lasers probably aren't real either. However, that doesn't mean that automatically everything about this is on the up and up. There can still be plenty of really weird things that all the officials did and really weird things about the situations and just because it's probably not space lasers doesn't give us a pass for saying that all the bureaucrats just did everything right i think a lot of times people will point at the craziest series that somebody brings up and be like see don't you think this is crazy therefore there's absolutely nothing here worth looking into whatsoever mm. and that's not the correct way to think about it there we go right. and, and we certainly we certainly have enough evidence here uh, you know, for Occam's razor, you know, the, the simplest answer being the most possible. Arson. Right. Arson. 
is you know human negligence you know arson started it and but you know now we have the barricades the water not working you had this crazy obama appointee talking about how they worship the water and you know we can't just willy-nilly go using it we have to respect it you know the mother earth gaia spirit kind of crap and wasn't he on the ground before the fire started yes yeah yeah turning the valve off apparently <laughs> um, and then you know there's other local reports talking about you know there's fresh axe marks on the power poles uh that you know that they were structurally compromised prior to the fire so the power was left on uh, so that's you know hey we just had a hurricane go through uh you know california and florida when they know it's going to hit after it's a certain category they cut the power off by default mm-hmm. you know, if you're in the middle of a nasty storm they'll they'll throw the switch because if the power's on and one of these poles goes down, kaboom, it catches stuff on fire. Yep. Uh, and apparently they didn't shut the power off. I mean, you well, see yeah, in the one, video, the guy's house is on fire, his yeah. light bulb's still on, and he can't use his hose. Yeah. And like that, you, uh, one of the excuses they used uh, for the barricades, the police barricades, was that the power lines were on the street and they were still live and you're, they were saying you cannot drive over them, which is absolutely not true. You just shouldn't drive over them quickly. You can drive over them because you're on four rubber tires. <laughs> you're on four rubber tires. You can drive over a downed power line. A car just, is you didn't grounded, go fast because yeah. then it'll whip it up and it'll get into the metal. But like, as how long did as the, you drive slowly, it'll be how fine. How did the police barricade get there? Like, did they come from what side? <laughs> you know what I mean? How'd they get out? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Here's another video. Um, Let's add this. Here we go. What kind of wildfire melts aluminum from the cars, melts the cars into the ground, but doesn't melt the asphalt? Let's get out our pen and paper and do some quick math. Aluminum melts at 1,220 degrees Fahrenheit. And asphalt's melting point is about 343 degrees Fahrenheit. So how in the world is it possible to have aluminum melted from the cars, but the asphalt isn't melted? Well, I'm going to show you how this is possible right now. The world's first airborne-directed energy weapon, the airborne laser, also known as the ABL. Just mounting the ABL requires one of the most sophisticated and elaborate modifications in history. The entire nose section is removed and retrofitted, and the world's largest titanium plate is installed to hold the enormous turret-mounted laser in place. The ABL system is designed to find track and destroy an enemy target in the air and on the ground it can loiter at 40,000 feet for five hours refuel in midair and destroy a target 60 miles away in less than a second this is why everything in blue was still intact just like these umbrellas lasers can actually be programmed for different wavelengths notice how it doesn't burn the blue but it burns everything else in this episode of the simpsons they erect a new statue when the sun hits it it causes a laser beam the same statue that was mysteriously placed in Hawaii. And now let's look at the aftermath. Everything is disintegrated except for this blue umbrella. It's time to wake up, people. Peace and so, what kind of? I mean, once again, so Sim- Simpsons predicting predicting the future. Yeah, that's again. crazy. How many times that's so happened? Sorry, my my dad did some of the optics on that plane. So like, I'm a little bit familiar with it, and I mean, it's kind of a project that never went anywhere. Interesting. Well. But uh, we have an Air Force base in Maui where this tech is on drones. So, uh, you know, it never went anywhere at the time. Doesn't yeah. mean we gave up on it. 
uh, because there's, yeah, I mean, we, we have, you know, directed energy weapon, uh, drone-based energy weapons being researched at an Air Force base in Maui. It's, it's a lot the of things we have for that stuff that didn't go anywhere, like on an official level that still kind of exist, you know, in theory, like in somewhere like, but just not mass used, you know, I mean, but. I remember being a junior in high school in 2002, uh, reading time magazine talking about, you know, these lasers we have on our aircraft carriers now, you know, that can main blind or kill enemy combatants a thousand miles away, you know, that mm -hmm. kind of thing. Uh, of course, at the time you had to have like an entire, you know, Connex, you know, an 18 wheeler, uh, the, the big metal containers that go on the back of the 18 wheelers. You had to have like one of those full of whatever to make that laser possible. Mm -hmm. uh, now, I mean, here we are. Now you can do it later. from I'm like sure a, it's an Xbox a or something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I'm to the point where I don't, I actually think it's probably good if people, at least some people believe in the space lasers because the whatever whatever can make somebody realize that the government has lots of evil people in it and it's not out to serve the common good i i don't want to essentially do the work of a fed by saying, <laughs> oh there is no way that they would ever use space lasers i really I'm sure, appreciate i'm, I'm sure that there are people that that would in, I'm sure there are people in the government that would do that if they could. I'm just often skeptical that they can without it really being found out by more than just people on Instagram. I guess my other concern is that when we go straight to talking about the space lasers, we kind of forego the easier sell of it's really screwed up how this water bureaucrat turned all the water off because we all have such faith in, in, in the wisdom of the central planners to know how like to know the best way of dealing with wildfires and we they know have, the best way to keep them going and, and we have a bunch of dolts in law enforcement that will follow what whatever order the bureaucrats give them mm -hmm. when the bureaucrats don't know what they're doing easy either i just feel i mean this show in particular is probably a good place to air out the conspiracy series because as we all know we have no viewers I'm just saying, as a general rule, I don't lead with... Our no viewers just beat me in trivia. So. Look, I'm not connecting the dots. I'm just saying there's there's information that, uh, you know, allows you to go down different rabbit holes. Uh, because you have the chief of Mount, the chief of police down there in Lahaina, Lahaina, whatever it is, uh, was the captain of Las Vegas Police Department during the whole casino thing. Which, what was the casino thing? Uh, uh, the guy that carried 400 pounds of guns and ammo by himself oh, to the 42nd oh, floor there. unnoticed. Yeah. Out an and then, there was, and, and then he uh, had and he had two rooms, and uh, the second room was both that was connected to the room that he was found in had two uh, had both doors, the, both the connecting door and the hallway door locked from the inside. But yeah, yeah, that was part of their was, investigation. There we go. Fuck and, up, and, and, and then and then he proceeded to you know kick out a, a two foot thick window by himself. Uh, you know, without alarming anyone else inside the building while right. Jason Aldean was having a concert, and then he proceeded to try that in a small town. We honestly <laughs> need to do a whole show just on the Vegas thing. There was so much weirdness so on much that. Like, that's, once that's once I'm back in Atlanta, we're going we're gonna to have a little bit more structure to this show, and we're going to do some interesting things. I think one of the things that we're going to do is have, an, have yes, we're going to have a segment besides trivia, and it's going to be predictions. And it's oh, going to be great. when a when a when some breaking news comes out, everybody makes their prediction as to what the result of that will be, 
And then later on, whenever the results come out, then we'll revisit it and we'll see. To be fair, we had had another segment, but like that hasn't happened in a while because as far as I know, there's been no Fayette County uh, car shows lately. (laughs) (laughs) But hey, Georgia State University is going to have a law class on Rick Ross. Uh, I love it. I don't know if it's the rapper or free red Ricky, uh, but can can somebody please take that class? That would Please. be awesome. Yeah. Can what we take that class as, as a as a show? Can we take that class? <laughs> just, just walk in and audit it. No one's gonna know. Right? Yeah. What's up, Zane? Jake, Jake, that is a really good idea because it's really easy for us to sit here and gab with no accountability of whether or not we're actually ever right. It's true. And speaking of being right, Nick still owes me two beers because Joe Biden is still president. <laughs> <laughs> or this is, is he? a this I is was the bet say that the me and <laughs> me and Nick made a bet. I think back in November, or December, that it was, uh, yeah, it was uh, before then. But yeah, we well, we we double or nothing whenever I uh, lost the first time around. Yeah, but Nick contended that somebody other than Joe Biden would be the president by um, May. Well, and judging by the number of know, vacation days he's taken. Somebody else is president. <laughs> I mean, you could argue Jake Sullivan's president more than Joe Biden. He's, he's, been, he's been on vacation literally more than half the time. Yeah. Yeah. Mentally and physically. Oh, mm-hmm. there you go. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. He's in well, his these are place. just These are some, uh, some uh, images that, that Alden sent me about cars burning up nearby trees that were untouched during wildfires. Um, Alden, did yeah, you this, have this things to say about this? Yeah, this was in 2018, by the way. Yeah, these have been going on for a while, and that's why the Maui thing, The I haven't even looked into the Maui thing that much yet, and there was uh, more that I was finding in California and in Canada, and in Canada years ago even. Um, and there's, yeah, there's like completely just, it's yeah. also, so that guy in that short, he had looked up the melting point of aluminum, mm-hmm. and a lot of the times the... The wheels are called alloy wheels for a reason. They're aluminum alloy. And often the melting point is even higher than aluminum if it's like an aluminum nickel alloy or something like that. So there we go. it's so even we're higher. The, if we're going to take the placing well, angle on that, that it's Chinese slag. To a certain extent. And it's not actually aluminum. That is interesting. And that's a whole other thing as far as like China sending their like yeah, well, I mean, industrial waste. Yeah, with an way, inferior right? metal that, you know, your average bonfire, your average backyard campfire melts your wheels on your car now. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. I think it was Steven that sent me this one. Air Force Maui optical and supercomputing site. What was, uh, what's the deal with this one? So uh, this kind of tech, you know, if there is some kind of drone based air based, uh, not space based, you know, cause to get, to get a laser to shine down out of orbit. I mean, the, the chain of command involved in that is outrageous, but, you could have a, a swarm of drones fly over a town in a matter of minutes that would have this tech attached to them. Uh, you know, if it's possible, I don't know, but if it exists, it comes from this base. Uh, Cause we have apparently two big bases where we research this kind of tech. Uh, one of them's in New Mexico and then the other one's in Maui and the biggest one being in Maui. Look at that thing. Holy crap. That's huge. That's almost like uh, <laughs> COVID yeah. coming out of the, what was it? The what was the name of the specific lab Wuhan, in Wuhan? Wuhan labs. Was, 
Well, but then the full name of the lab that like had the name of the disease in it, the novel coronavirus <laughs> lab or whatever. That, you right. know, it's like, how would that be correlated? You know? Oh, yeah. It is, uh, the, it is the lab that George Soros owns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is, that's very interesting. Yeah. I mean, all I know, like, unless you're there, I appreciate, there's a guy on Tim Pool the other day. I think it was before it was the one before or after Spike Cohen. I can't remember. I think it was after, the day after Spike Cohen was on. And he has been on the ground in Maui since it happened. He's an independent journalist. And man, he said he was able to sneak in, get some drone footage, get some like footage of people's houses. And like um, he said, the number of weird things that are happening on that island um, is definitely cause for suspicion like residents haven't been able haven't been able to go back to their houses at all mm -hmm. um a lot of them have like safes that they're trying to you know go get their purse their valuables out of you know they're like their money that they've saved or like personal valuables and stuff like that so like the mere fact that they're not allowing the people who own the land to go mm -hmm. back and look at their burned houses after the fire is already out the danger is passed the houses are ashes like that is some suspect crap right there and yeah. it's the same thing that happened in canada years ago and that's like the case that i sent you some stuff on or even in new orleans in the wake of katrina you know you had the the, the cajun navy was just trying to bring some hamburgers to some folks and the red cross was like uh is that fda approved meat <laughs> like, get out of here is son. That, You're in the swamp. is that a beyond burger get out yeah of here. everybody's yeah. starving i got burgers shut up Alden, which, uh, what, what'd you send me? Uh, I thought I sent you some images. Uh, oh, yeah, you did. You did. Yeah. There were just so many I didn't download. Them. There was a, a few, yeah. <laughs> okay, let's see. I'm going to try to get them. Y'all keep chatting about that. I'm so, I mean, that was one of the yeah. I saw, too, was, was from the locals. Like, the house, totally incinerated. Uh, you got trees, you know, 10, 20 feet each side of the house, totally preserved. Green leaves on them. Yeah, and nothing in the house is recognizable except the blue T-shirts that were in the shirt drawer. Yeah. And then often the rubble is like a like a white color and it doesn't have the same characteristic like black char that you would normally see. And that's kind of odd enough as it is. But and then sometimes there's a car outside the house and the car will be like right next to a tree and the car will melt and the tree is fine. It's weird. Freaking weird, man. Um, I've been seeing it for years now. Yeah, it, uh, it, it is really weird about, you know, not um, letting people go back to their houses. And yeah. even if even if that is just standard policy, again, you have to think about if that is standard policy and there is no conspiracy, how completely unfeeling is the standard policy that, you know, some bureaucrat decided, well, this is a government area. You can't come in here because we're still doing something. We need to protect no, you from yourself. Yeah. yeah. Some bureaucrat came up with it with no regard for the <laughs> needs of actual people Good idea. To, to go into that zone and see their house and get their belongings. No, I, I think totally again, agree, Zane. Grump Grumpy's got the best idea, by the way. I agree. I Paint awesome. your roof blue, y'all. <laughs> Get one of those blue metal like hurricane roofs. Our neighbor has a blue roof. I'm. I bet he uh, he'd survive. Go that. go there in the case of. Just a make fire. sure you paint it red a month before Easter, and then just paint it back, and you'll be good to go. <laughs> All right, Alden. What do we got here? So this is a case years ago. This is 2021. This is the very beginning, not the beginning of COVID, but the beginning of like vaccine rollout or whatever. 
Yeah. And there was a little town in British Columbia called, what the hell was it? Lytton or something? I don't know. It's in here somewhere. It's, I think it's Lytton, BC here. Okay. So the, the weird, the things that are coming up now that are reminding me of this event that I, I dug these out of my, one of my, you know, many folders and cyber folders here, but there it is. Um, they didn't let anyone back to their houses after the fire. So that's another thing that was the same. Um, the same characteristic problems of, you know, trees not burning, houses burning, blah, 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 blue stuff left, same kind of thing. This is, so the top is Lytton, the bottom's California. It's the same kind of thing. The trees are remain in between houses that are just completely decimated. So we're seeing the same kinds of things, whether it's policy or, you know, in effect in terms of what is happening chemically or molecularly or whatever on the ground. Mm -hmm. And there was some other weirdness about this. So um, this guy, yeah, Dr. Hoff was doing stuff. Uh, he was studying the effects on his, he, his vaccinated patients. Uh, he had, I think it was like 900, yeah, 900 doses administered. And he stopped because he started getting a lot of people that were reporting, you know, symptoms that were, you know, unfavorable. And he even had one person die about three weeks after. And um, he wrote this open letter, you know, talking about this and trying to kind of see is anyone else experiencing this and blah, blah, blah. And he was met with, you know, a lot of criticism and pushback, of course. But he kept working and he kept researching with his uh, patients. And he found that 62% came back positive with like the D-dimer thing, like the blood clot test thing or whatever of the vaccinated population there. And this uh, was kind of early in the days of this being like kind of like well-known that it was going to push against the, the mainstream narrative. Um, but this, his clinic was in Lytton and the whole city burned down, but not the trees, just the buildings burned down. And so it was just another detail of like, targeting a certain area and then the first image that you pulled up was about harp so steven knows about harp oh yes um, sir we've talked about harp quite a bit so this is harp gets in the same week gets a, a nine million dollar grant uh to do so the army apparently officially said like oh we don't use the facility anymore but they let other like you know the, apparently the national science foundation now uses it or whatever um, after, and after also denying its existence for about 20 yeah, yeah 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 oh, but now it's real but now we don't use it yeah exactly and i highlighted the 33 acre just as a little a masonry little trivia bit there but um <laughs> same week over here so here's the june 21st to june 25th of the same year um harp basically goes okay this is a no-fly zone over the facility because the electromagnetic radiation will interfere so much that you won't be able to operate a plane above us it's the same week that there's a record heat wave in Lytton and there's reports on June 30th about the heat wave that starts by about June 25th. 130 people died suddenly there from the heat wave there. And then there's the wildfire at the end of the heat wave. And then the, the images after this of the pyroclast like plumes or whatever with the lightning in them. So here's the weird pattern of the lightning. Now, I grew up in Florida. I'm no expert, but I have never seen lightning in lines like that. It's really strange. It's like a box. It is. There's several images of this same kind of thing. One even looks like a Q, which is hilarious if we want to get into like some stupid QAnon shit. But um, that's a joke. But 
<laughs> but it is so strange. They're like actual right angles of lightning. And then here's like a tweet or something from like a, you know, a meteorologist that's like at least acknowledging that like this is not normal, right? Uh, and like he, lines and it really is, yeah. Crazy. And then he, you know, dates it and everything. And so this is in the smoke plumes from the fire. So there's all kinds of weird stuff going on. Anyway, just kind of, so, I wanted to just present quickly a lot of weird weirdness around the same thing that reminded me, the Maui stuff reminded me of this, but. So hmm. specifically about the um, evidence that a lot of cars and houses are burning down, but not the trees. Yeah. Sure. Just to make a general point about being at least a little bit skeptical when evidence is presented based off of um, sci scientific principles not being as you would expect. Like, it's very intuitive that if the car is burning down, then the tree should also burn down. Right. But I just did a little bit of looking into it and found that there are actually a lot of species of trees that are very fire resistant, either because they have really thick bark or because their tissue is very moist or because they have really high crowns and, and so fire, that's just a general that's point part this, of some this is reproductive cycle like yeah that, that's very that, true i understand well. so yeah this is, this is just a general point that science is infinitely fascinating and there are a lot of reasons why things don't behave exactly as you would expect them to that is well, fair. So I, yeah. again the, uh, again not to say that every conspiracy theory is wrong no it's okay but we've got to be careful well, and look it's at all the trees on the south side of 285 around DeKalb County, where we have a car fire at least twice a day. Uh, <laughs> they're totally unaffected every time. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's one of many points that I thought were weird and interesting. And um, uh, someone named their channel is called Amazing Polly, and they they did like a whole like hour long rundown on this particular event, and they get into other weirder stuff. Even the bonus round of this is like. Uh, it involves, you know, some people spotted a, a train that was on fire in the area, and that's weird stuff. And then the kind of train that that is, it's a CN train. CN was actually uh, fined $16 million the year before for uh, <laughs> for starting a fire 10 miles south or 10 kilometers south. So, like, I don't know, 8 miles south of a kilometer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but to be and, fair... There's only six major railroads in North America, so I thought one of them started a fire. That, yeah, but, but is, CN you're, is you're that's one Warren six. Buffett one, right? I mean, that's the one that he's... No, no, no. no BNSF is Warren Buffett's. Got it. Bill okay. Gates is... Uh, I was getting to that one. Is actually the primary... <laughs> the shareholder of CN. Um, and then, you know, that's where... the That's why I said this is the bonus round, because it's just like extraneous variable, you know, details or whatever. But... There was a report in the news in the area at the time of some people reporting a train on fire or whatever and just being, you know, just another weird detail. And it just so happens that Bill Gates is the biggest, largest private shareholder of that particular railroad. And, of course, we all know that Bill Gates has invested heavily in people taking the vaccine. He actually invested $10 billion with a B of his own dollars into three different companies that... I think the quote is like, um, I have it written down here somewhere. What does it say about this? Increase access to vaccines, which we all know what that means, right? But yeah. that he invested 10 billion of his own dollars into companies that basically push vaccines or whatever. So he's he's heavily invested in this as a oh, concept. Yeah. We yeah, all and, know. And, right? and he and he did the uh, the centennial uh, keynote speech at the International Eugenics Conference on YouTube. 
But if we play this clip, we'll get banned now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> really interesting. Yeah. yeah. I bet it's interesting. Anyway, that's like, like I said, the bonus round of just because it's, it's, I'm not trying to specifically pin that to this, but it has been brought up and it is just kind of weird surrounding details. But yeah, that's fair. Yeah, it, it is pretty interesting. And, well, and, and so, you know, I see the angle you're taking as well. You're getting getting into uh, military weather weapons, right? Uh, so yep. we have uh, several... And political targets. Yes. Specifically why this little town. Like, well, know. So you bring up that one doctor. Yeah, so uh, we had, uh, there was, what was it, Dr. Bradstreet, I think his name was. Uh, he had a clinic in Florida, and then he had one in Atlanta. And <clears throat> uh, he found out that there was a specific type of protein uh, that in one of his stepchildren reversed autism uh, that he treated them with that. And then within two years we had 13 or 14 holistic naturopathic doctors just in Georgia, all of a sudden suicide themselves in mysterious mm. ways. Um, what? You know, some of them I don't were, know about we're this. talking, you know, five feet tall ladies had, had a 12 gauge shotgun. What did you pull the trigger with your toe? Um, hmm. Doctor, what Bradstein is? That Bradstreet. Bad Bradstreet. I'm going to look. Bradstreet. Yes, and uh, at the time, my mother was going uh, to see uh, Doctor Carrie Made, uh, and she was at, at the time in Henry County, Georgia, and uh, she knew many of these doctors, and she was like, "They are not suicidal." And, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, she got a, she got a little flaky for a while because she thought she was being followed. Yeah, yeah, uh, I'm not surprised. Yeah. So, but. Aside from that, you know, you get back to the military weather weapons. I mean, this goes all the way back to just right after World War II, 1947, I think. Operation Popeye. Uh, what was the guy's name? Bill Livingston. I mean, he which was one was Popeye? Uh, that was the one where we were doing cloud seeding, where we figured out oh yeah cure hurricanes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like we couldn't create them, but we could magnify them and steer them. Yeah. Uh, and I, I was, was it silver iodide they were putting into it? I don't. I don't remember what dude was I on sixty was minutes. I think his name was Bill Livingston. Silver or aluminum. Yeah, it's always like, aluminum. It was some sort of silver or something. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so uh, you know, he, it started with that, and and we knew, you know, in Vietnam, uh, we we did cloud seeding. You know, whatever we learned from Operation Popeye, we did the cloud seeding uh, to flood the Ho Chi Minh Trail. Mm -hmm. uh, we extended their monsoon season for two weeks and disrupted their supply chain. Someone uh, in the the Manitoba like uh, conference thing or whatever in, in that I I'm remembering this from looking into um, the whole Lytton BC fire thing or whatever. Someone was asked directly about like a question and they kind of danced around it. And in their dance around the question ended up thanking the, the, some kind of officials for bringing the rain or some kind of a weird thing. And, and anyway, he, he ended up thanking, uh, those in charge or whatever he said for bringing the rain over there it was just, just kind of a weird thing. That's a weird thing. That reminds me of that, but yeah, you can cloud seed. I mean, it's not, it's expensive, but it's not like quote unquote hard. Uh, right. And and that's not even what we would call military grade weather manipulation. No, that would be more like, you know, what you're talking about you know, lightning patterns, moving at right angles. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's not, you know, yeah. that's not odd. That's not a random assortment of nature. Uh, right. You know, having something like two dozen new clouds added to the cloud registry in our lifetime. <laughs> um, you know, now what's special about our lifetime since the several hundred years we've been observing cloud formations? Oh, right. I don't know. Uh, the ability to throw megawatts into the ionosphere. 
Yeah. <laughs> Picking up where Tesla left off here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, it's it, there's there's something to it. And then, uh, you know, China even has entire government departments dedicated to weather manipulation. Yeah. They have websites where they, they show like you, they fire at this machine. And within a couple hours, there's a damn thunderstorm over the site. Yeah. I mean, I literally wasn't even joking as far as like Tesla's hotel room was raided like hours after he died. And by Donald Trump's uncle. I, That's true. I, we Don talked Trump. about this. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. Little baby Donald raided. Trump was probably there. You know? There you go. Well, <laughs> so his uncle. You mean Baron Trump traveling through time? <laughs> yeah. Maybe. That's a whole other theory. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's in the book. There's a book about it. Interesting. But anyway, it gets weird. Oh, and then the one last detail about the Litton thing: the uh, police were knocking on people's doors, like personally, like very, very early in the whole fire thing, and no one knew otherwise that there was a fire because the cell phone uh, was knocked out, like at the get for everything. The cell phone connection everywhere. They have three towers in the city, and they were all down. Interesting. Hmm. Just another weird detail. Now I got I got to go back and look at this. Now this just came to my mind. Do you ever watch those like "What's Happening Now" videos? You know where they, they try to convince you like the apocalypse is happening. Like, look at these dead whales in Brazil. Now look at these birds falling out of the sky in Japan. Yeah, you know. But there was I don't a know. weird. There was one of them was like a weird knocking sound, and there was there was like an entire province in Canada in the late '90s that was like they heard this. Oh, underground. Uh, this right? sounded like anyways. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. There's places all around the world that have reported like at 3 a.m. like they hear like weird whirring and ticking and, and humming and knocking sounds like deep underground. And they're basically told, go back to dwarves. sleep. Like, dwarves. <laughs> Wait, you're saying you don't hear that every night? <laughs> That's right. I just, just I just thought it was the people in the apartment below me. <laughs> I believe it's called Agartha, but I could be wrong on that. A so, I mean, we know during the 70s, the Soviets played around with that as well. They had the same kind of tech <laughs> uh, that they could they could bounce signals through the ionosphere. Mm -hmm. uh, what do they call it? The woodpecker signal. They were trying to drive people crazy mm. in uh, northeastern U.S. and Canada. Is that uh, like yeah. a, is that like the Havana uh, radio Havana no, syndrome? Havana syndrome. Yeah, it's it's, it's kind of tied to it, uh, but they, they could just put a signal in the air that like if you if you just had a radio in the house, it didn't have to have to be on. Although it would I start making this little ticking noise. I've been skeptical of the whole Havana syndrome thing. Yeah, it also it, there's so. no way it would have taken much to make Canadians lose their minds because they're already like half lost anyway. So, <laughs> Cabin it just wouldn't have been a hard thing to do. Well, if I lived in a place where the beer sucks, I don't, I don't know what I would do either. And <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right, that's all I've got on wildfires tonight, y'all. Do y'all um, have anything else we should talk about regarding wildfires? Because I've got a like, I've got like 20 more tabs that are all single tab, like one offs for the rest of let the Let it night. rip. Let's I'm fine. I, I know uh, Greece just caught some commies trying to set some wildfires recently. They've, yeah, they've been having wildfire issues on a couple islands. Yeah. On Greece, is it a wildfire if someone yeah. sets it? Well, it was going to be a wildfire, you know, <laughs> right. that way. There was yeah. a couple, a couple different islands. Um, I believe Rhodes was one. Weird. Yeah, I have no like idea. Burning like crazy. Yeah, I don't know. That was a couple weeks back, but uh, yeah, wildfires. All right. Well, here's a controversial libertarian thing we're going to be talking about here. Um, All right, let's, let's get look. controversial. Dave versus Goliath. 
posted this on X. Gosh, I hate saying X. I wish it was Twitter. Um, Larry Sharp, who we love, or I love at least. I love Larry Sharp. Great libertarian. This is him pitching okay. his next uh, his next quest for ballot access in New York. Make the Libertarian Party a party in 2018. And with that victory, I would say, I wanted more, but I was happy I took it. We got a victory. Then in 2020, the stroke of a pen, they destroyed us all. Green Party gone, Libertarian Party gone, Independence Party gone, Reform Party gone, all gone. Larry, why didn't you sue? I did. Eight times, lost all eight times. I tried. I dropped literally hundreds of thousands of dollars trying to fix this thing, and I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. But we can do it now. We can actually get ballot access next year. Here's how it works next year. How New York State law works right now is we have to get our, our presidential candidate on the ballot, and then we have to get 2% of the vote in November. Oh, my God, is that hard. Can it be done? Yes. It's going to cost us half a million dollars. $500,000 if we can do it. So I'm out here to let you know that because I need $500,000 plus I need you to tell the people about it. Plus when the time comes next year, not now, but next April, I will need you to help me go out and get signatures. I'll need all those things from you. I'll need money from you. I'll need time from you. And I'll need your voice. I mean, all three of those, whatever you have more of, give me more of that. We will have to get 45,000 valid signatures in six weeks. That means 60,000, which means 10,000 signatures per week at five minutes a week, 2,000 per day. That is really hard to do, but we can do it. And something else, once we get the signatures, they will sue me again. So I need cash to pay lawyers. That's why I need cash. I need cash to pay lawyers so we can actually get there and then actually win the lawsuits. I know how now. Getting my butt kicked last year, boy, was that a lesson. But I learned. So I know what to do now. I know who to pick and how to make it happen. So we can win that. If we get 2% of the people to actually vote after getting the ballot, we will have an independent party in this state for 2025 and 2026. If we bring press to the bottom of the ticket, we get a victory. We know this. We saw it happen in 2017. We do it again in 2025. That happens, then I have a chance of running in 2026 for governor again. Okay, it's a straight if I run shooter, for governor again in 2026 and we already have ballot access, literally, it becomes a winnable race. I'm not joking when I say that. For place, he tells it how it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, so what are our thoughts on this? Because I, I, I have a few, <laughs> I tend to, I'm sympathetic to the, the needing you know, wanting 50 state ballot access. I think I'm more sympathetic to Dave's opinion mm. on this that spending half a million dollars this year and then you fall short because it's going to be a contentious presidential year and. You know, it's probably going to be tough to actually pull votes because it's going to be, you know, vote against Biden or vote against Trump from either side you're looking at. Well, it's going to be the most important election of our lifetime. Yes, it will. But actually, (laughs) in some ways, it kind of actually might be, you know, I I think Dave Smith was making that point a couple weeks ago. Like, that. yeah, actually, it does seem like these are more important every time because things are just more and more polarized. But um Oh, just for the audience's <laughs> sake, I know I delivered that really straight. That was supposed to be a joke, but no one laughed. Oh, I got it. <laughs> I got it. But, you know, you're going to drop half half a million dollars now to get it there. If you miss, it's half a million dollars next time. If you miss, it's half, you know. And then if you get it, 
we've already seen federal courts, you know, in Georgia, we've had this, it's the same issue as, you know, in New York, the courts don't want to hear it. Oh, well, there's a, you know, basically it comes down to, well, there's a process. It's not our problem that it's nearly impossible for you. I'm, you know, barely funded people to get it. I mean, go, go get a couple million dollars and you can, you know, get on any race you want. <laughs> That's basically what it comes down to. Right. And the courts are like, ah, well, we, get we don't care. The process is there. We don't, you know, they're not, not going to argue that it's overly restrictive. They don't seem to be buying that argument. The Supreme Court won't take it, um, especially since you know in Georgia we've had the, the uh, you know Martin Cowan's case, and the ruling on that came. You know, judge basically the judges in the appeals basically said, yeah, it's fine, and so the Supreme Court denied it. Um, if New York State gets the same ruling of, eh, it's fine, there's not really any reason to support. There's no interest the supreme court has in taking it because the different circuits are still sitting on the same side as each other is eh, we're not setting the rules as far as what it takes to get on the ballot so it's going to just you know in some ways you have to i feel like you you know my sympathetic to that to you know the larry sharp side is you got to fight it where it stands and you've got to prove that you can get it there because otherwise everywhere else they're going to say oh we can limit the ballot just by, you know, setting this exact limit is what New York has, you know, you got to get 45,000 signatures in six weeks. That's, you know, they can do it that way or they can, uh, but then, you know, then it's a fool's errand, you know, chasing that down everywhere it happens, right? It, it's a very complex, just kind of rigged system. And I get the, you know, I, I am fairly sympathetic to, what Dave's saying is, hey, you're going to spend half a million dollars here. How many, how many city council uh, mayors, city councilors, county commissioners, whatever, are you going to be able to get in off with that kind of money? Right. Where you might actually be able to have a little bit more influence and, you know, tell the, tell the state level where they won't let you in to go fuck themselves and whatever else, so... Yeah, I mean, the way I say it, it's it's a matter of managing your resources properly, and like I love Larry Sharp. Um, I've met him a few times. Great dude. Um, he's like Alden said, he's very straightforward. He has plans for things. Like he knows what he's doing most of the time. Um, but man, at some point, is getting in the governor's race that important in New York? And like getting ballot access that important in New York? Would it be better? to use that money, like Nick was saying, in smaller races, smaller towns across the state of New York and use Could we that make him a sheriff? Mm, there we you go. You know, like when the, uh, when the New York Times posted that article of, of uh, you know, all the, the addresses and zip codes or whatever, the registered gun owners in the state, mm -hmm. um, you know, whatever that concentration was of like a lot of those guys, <laughs> you know, can we make him sheriff of that county? Yeah. And uh, let's start there. Right. Yeah. I like that. But man, the idea of how many times has he tried to run for something in New York and fail? I mean, it's been every other year since 2018. So th this would be like the sixth or seventh time. That yeah. he's but well, well governors he, every four he's years. Still he's got wind in his sails and he's, he's still governor. His wife. body is a barbed wire. Um, the man needs some help. But honestly, I, I think it would behoove him to be more honest. I mean, 2018, he got everyone with a, yeah, well, if we do this and we do this and we do this, I could very well win governor. And it's like, man, just come out and say, yeah, there's 
no chance of me winning governor, but like we've got a message and we're putting it out there. Yeah. I mean, at at some do. point that has to be the case, especially if you're losing ballot access, then clearly you cannot like, win. <laughs> well, I, I think it, I think it in the end, because, you know, people hop in with, with a third party and they're like, you know, they don't, they're not experienced in this and they go, all right, something, you know, things are different because X, Y, Z, you know, this person, Larry Sharp, Joe Jorgensen, insert person here is going to win. And it's like, no, because, you know, they're out there. Yeah, I'm going to win. And when you elect me and it's just like, I think disheartening to a lot of people who might get on board because they realize because they're hit so hard on that. And it's like, eh, it was never going to happen. And I think we do ourselves a disservice by pretending it will. I think most people first know. First, because otherwise we're, well, most normal, but people, there are people who hop in and get excited and don't understand like yeah it's not gonna happen like even when we had uh had mike on the show right and i'm like look let's be honest there's zero chance that any libertarians winning and he challenged me on that and said well no i i see a, a way that we could win and i'm like be honest with people like that's the first step to even getting there is being straight up honest and saying yeah I've got zero chance of winning. That's the, that's that's the reality. That's the statistics. That's no, how this I, I disagree. Yeah, the, I, I mean, disagree. The... I, I, sorry, Zane, but I 100% disagree. Don't even bring it up. Shane didn't bring it up once on his campaign that he would win or wouldn't win. All Shane did was talk the points and Run promote, on the platform. promote our platform. So don't acknowledge either one of them because, yes, Fair. It's likely we're not going to win, but telling people that gives Almost them guaranteed. no reason to give to you and to. I tend to agree with that, but I'm interested too in what Zane was going to say. Yeah, go ahead, Zane. Sorry. So no, I mean, a... the the reason you run in these big races is to spread the message because you. I mean, regardless of whether you say it or not, you know that you're not going to win. So the reason is to because people take you. People take your message more seriously when you're running in a political race. That's why we run the big races. And I'm wondering, do do people take your message more seriously if they get to the ballot box uh, maybe a couple months after they meet you and either see your name there or not? I, like, if you say you're running for governor and you tell somebody about the libertarian platform... How much does it matter that your name is like I? I it definitely matters some, but I'm wondering how, like, how much is, there, yeah. is it worth a half a million dollars for your name to be on the ballot if you've already been spreading the message to the extent that you can by being a candidate in the first place? And Jake, I, I would agree that you probably should not go out of your way saying that you won't win, but I or have will. seen. Yeah. I have seen my fair share of libertarian candidates being like, when I'm president, I'll do X, Y, and Z. And it just comes off like a punchline every time because we all know you're not going to be president ever. So yeah. why even say it? Because I like keeping like the top. And, and that's, that's why I, I, I so confidently cast my vote for Shane was because he, he never gave in to that dichotomy. But at the same time, he also defined victory and it didn't involve him being governor. You know, he, he was like, listen, this is how we beat this. You know, mm -hmm. we beat this by you know, this, this, and this. And like it, it was a roadmap of this is the tyranny. This is why it exists. This is how it exists. And we dismantle it on this level. And that was most of his platform from what I could gather. I mean, going back to his, you know, his Facebook live videos before he was even a candidate. And if you promote days and stuff, it was like, you know, it was like, hey, this is how we take the stuff out. And none of that had to do with him being our commander in chief. 
you can promote the ideas and you can technically influence culture and you could influence even the larger two parties to shift toward a better direction potentially i'm not saying that that's likely but i'm saying you can shift the mind of the voters by getting those talking points out there and you can kind of avoid the self-fulfilling prophecy kind of a problem of being like well we're not gonna win but and then like plant that seed in people's mind that you're not gonna win and i think right. it's better to talk about the points than it is you as a person winning and talk about the points that you would like to see in place and i think that's at least a healthy way to go about it and getting it in people's minds like culturally right yeah. Yeah, completely agree. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> sorry. There are obviously arguments to both sides of whether or not Larry Sharp should try, try to go on this epic quest to get ballot access in New York. That's but, a specific question. I don't know. but Man, that is such a long road in New York, dude. Like, I mean, if you heard him, every single bit of that was extremely difficult to do. That, that'd be hard to do for a party... 10 times as big as the libertarian party. Like yeah. that's a, that's a difficult road to take. And a I lot, him a lot of resources taken from the libertarian party for yeah. that purpose, where and they the, could be directed to smaller campaigns that could have that's a, what Nick's effect saying, over like, more people. Yeah. Yeah. The opportunity right, cost. The, yeah. I definitely think there's a whole lot of um, skipping, you know, trying to win big without going the way that, you kind of have to. I mean, who mm. the hell are we? People recognize Democrats, Republicans. Yeah, they suck for this or that, but they're what's there, right? And that's what we know. And like, you kind of got to build it from the bottom up and say, the "Hey, grassroots victory." Like, I mean, when, when, there, when there's a, li when there's a libertarian to on, takes to get that microphone, and, yeah. that, and that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, without the office you're running for being the main frame, you can just say, "Hey, listen, these are the problems right now that I get to talk to you about." This is how we dismantle them, you know. And maybe, like, and you just got to know that you know most of the time, at least at this level where we are right now, that like that kind of victory is not going to come with you in office. Maybe running for the bigger office. You made some waves. You inspired some folks. There's a ground game forming now, and you know a lot of these folks maybe don't even vote because what what does it even matter? I mean, honestly, look at the past few elections that we've had, you know, on a national level. Absolute yeah. circuses. Maybe running at that level helps the smaller ones win, even too. And like maybe the money spent, quote unquote, losing the bigger, you know, office and election can help get the name and the concepts out there for people to run in smaller places, you know, like local things and sheriff and things like that, and put that in people's minds. So maybe the money spent there will trickle down, sort of, and help the smaller areas. Even I don't know. I'm not saying and, that's and for it might sure. Not be but immediate either. You know, it's it's, it's one of those it things where be, yeah. it's just you know you've got to plant the seed and throw some water on it every now and then. Uh, yeah, and, and, and just you know hope it sprouts, and it might sprout next to a melted car. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be fine. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Good callback. Yeah, that's good. What else we got, Jake? All right, let's go move on to economics. Um, we're not going to watch this whole video. Uh, it's a four-minute Peter St. Ange video. But What's uh, Kevin Spacey up to? Today? Friend of the show, Peter St. Ange. We should invite yeah. yeah. him on sometime. Yeah. He's, he's <laughs> a massive podcast, though. Like, I just, the odds of getting we should, him on. We should time. invite him on. We should get a uh, governor totally down for that. of Colorado on, too, since... Uh, this is, this is an analogy. He's libertarian. 
for what we were talking about before. You just said he has a massive podcast. What are the odds of bringing him on? And I'm saying <laughs> to support my point before that we should try <laughs> to <laughs> get him on. This is right. our little victory we need. I'll start sending a message through the Libertarian Party. Let's do it. All right, here we go. Got two fresh job reports out this week, both saying the American labor market is dropping like a rock. The audio's off on this. Jolts are dropping, and why are they dropping? Because Jolts disappointed. Expecting a number around nine and a half million, eight million eight hundred and twenty-seven thousand. That is the smallest Jolts job openings since March of 2021. It was so bad, in fact, that Bloomberg headlined their article, quote, good news for the Fed as job market cools. Not a joke. First up, job openings. They dropped by a massive 750,000 on the month, which was a comical sevenfold miss to Wall Street expectations. That's the third biggest miss on record. And it brings the three-month drop in job openings to 1.5 million lost. That is the worst on record outside the COVID lockdowns. As always, they revised the previous month's numbers down. By the way, they've revised literally every report this year, which is fun because it sneaks some extra juice when nobody in the media is looking. And they can always revise since 70% of their data is estimated. <laughs> so they're not actually counting. They are using statistical pixie dust. <laughs> So, yeah, statistical pixie dust. I mean, just there more great economic news. You know, great things happening in the economy. Um, first, first impressions. I mean, I like the statistical pixie dust. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm also curious about the financial mushrooms that Janet Yellen's on. <laughs> <laughs> so, one of the things about the job openings, you know, that whole thing. You know, when when they they like to do all this chest beating about like, oh, we added two hundred fifty thousand jobs. We had 280,000 jobs, 310,000 jobs. Oh, yeah. You know, I remember uh, Neil Bortz would harp on this. Um, you know, I'm, I'm blessed enough to be from the Atlanta area. Uh, so I grew up with Neil Bortz, the talk master on syndicated radio in my area. And one of the things that he would always harp on, and of course he retired, uh, gosh, right after Obama got elected, 2012-ish. So 10 plus years ago. Uh, but bef back in those times, you know, early 2000s, uh, he was talking about at that time, you know, the population was like 300 million. We had to add 400,000 jobs a month to keep up with population growth, to keep up with, you know, either people coming of age, mm. immigrants, all that kind of stuff. And he was like, so anything less than 400 K is a net loss. Essentially mm. people have dropped out of the labor market. And this is one of those things that he would highlight that, you know, the, the, the stats, started getting massaged really heavily during the Clinton years. Uh, that's how you have the difference between the U3 and the U6 unemployment statistics, because uh, you have the people that, uh, you know, just recently lost a job, just signed up for unemployment for the first time ever. Uh, you have the people that, you know, have been looking for six months to a year. And then you have the people that are uh, underemployed. So you used to be, you used to have a full-time job. Now you have two part-time jobs. You know, but that's counted as jobs. So this is all kind of skewed data. You know, so that's that's one of those things is like the, you know, the non-farm payroll employment rate, all that kind of stuff that they put out on these monthly basis. Mm -hmm. It's uh, these numbers are so heavily massaged to build this narrative around whoever's in power at the time. Mm -hmm. right? Now, sometimes they get so crappy, you can't you just can't you know put enough lipstick on that pig. 
but for the most part, you, you can look at data at a certain angle anyway, anytime, and tell the story you want to tell. And Peter was saying massaging the numbers behind the current numbers because it gets less media attention to make the you know precipitous like rise or drop you know after to the current estimated number feel either more or less you know however we're trying to promote but mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. yeah I mean when when you're trying to collect job information from a country of 350 million people it is hard. It would be hard to collect one thousandth of that amount of data. Yeah. So if you're trying to collect all that data, it would be reasonable to assume that you would have to make adjustments to it. The problem <laughs> is that there are, are a wide variety of adjustments that it's possible to make, and you can essentially pick the one you want and be, then be like, oh, well, we just made these reasonable adjustments to our data. And right. everybody right. will believe you, but you had... 15 different reasonable adjustments you could have made and they always pick the one that looks the best for them. Yeah. Right. And the idea of the government having literally anything to do with creating jobs is hilarious. I mean, they, they can only they, destroy. They can only destroy, man. All they do is take away jobs. They just prevent <laughs> companies from creating jobs. It's That's like the, the unless it's the, the, the folks they hire to cut their own personal grass, they go. don't create any jobs. There we go. <laughs> It's yeah. the converse to matter cannot be created or destroyed. Here's the question. In these, in these statistics, are government jobs included in the statistic? Yes. I'm pretty, yeah. sure, I'm pretty sure they are. Because for some reason, they think that that's actual economic output when it's really just, you know, parasites. Right. I, I would love to see the data on how many contract, contact tracers got hired in the month of August. Hmm. That's a good question, honestly, about the government. That's jobs. being rebooted. We know that infrastructure got billions. It got mm -hmm. put in place and subsequently dismantled pretty quickly. And now it's just being rebooted. But uh, yeah, the whole on uh, the last week's high wire with Dell Big Street, they did a whole segment breaking down like, yeah, so middle of September, this is happening and that's happening and this is happening and this and this and this and this. And it all kind of aligns with what Alex Jones said about, uh, you know, being told, oh, yeah, we're bringing back mask mandates for airport employees and stuff starting in September. And then, you know, by the end of the year, masks to get on planes again and everything else. So, oh, they're coming yeah. back in Germany for sure. There was a, uh, a Weimar judge just got uh, some years in prison for trying to lift the mask mandates before the rest of the country. Oh, boy. That's yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, Germany's a hellhole again. Who'd have thunk it? <laughs> All right. <laughs> I was, proud, I was proud of Volkswagen for, uh, you know, doing the emissions manipulations, uh, you know, on their diesels. <laughs> on the diesel. I know. I was yeah. proud of them. Well, was like, that, was like, that was like when, uh, when Uber, uh, when, they, when they were tracking where phones were and then uh, blocking out anyone who had government-issued credit cards or phones or uh, their phone <laughs> spent majority of the day in the government <laughs> buildings in order for them to not get picked up. So <laughs> Hannah's making uh, assumptions about each of us right now. Um, Jake and Nick use digital calendars. Steven uses a big family calendar that's up in the kitchen. Zane is a physical planner book and Alden has no calendar. If I'm using like calendar, how, it's digital, I, yes. I like, I like how she book. says, she didn't say that I use a physical planner book. She says that I am a physical planner book. <laughs> Is a physical planner book. That's hilarious. Yeah, I, well, I use a digital, a digital calendar and a planner book, 
but we do have the one that we got from the Chinese restaurant that's hanging up in the pantry. Yeah, there we go. notes yeah. all over the place, and yeah, I've so literally no written on my hand like before. So yeah. she's right about me. Yeah, yeah. It seems like she's right about most of us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, yeah, pretty spot on. That's uh, the only reason I use a digital calendar is because Nikki uh, basically instilled that in me at this point in time. I have outsourced my Character calendar to Haley. Like she is my calendar, so. Yeah, that's basically what man. So man, I man. lost one job, you know. There we go. I love it. All right, let's uh, let's see what Ron Paul warned us about um, decades ago. Everything. Mystic power of man, and it has become more sophisticated over the decades and over the centuries. More sophisticated now and more international in scope than ever before. So I see the issue of power and the control over money as being something that we cannot ignore, we must address. I believe closely associated with this is the issue of morality as well. By what moral right do we have to create purchasing power out of thin air? Whether it's done by the creation of credit or Federal Reserve notes or whether it's the creation of SDRs in an international scope, by what right do they do this? Is it any more moral to dilute the value of your purchasing power of the money you hold in your wallet than it is for the farmer to dilute the milk supply with water? I would say there's an issue of morality here just as strong as the issue of power. I happen to believe also because it's a moral issue more than an economic issue. It is for this reason that the people have lost trust in their government, trust in the banks, trust in business, trust in themselves, and that we are a nation of distrust. Yeah, she was so good. Someone uh, should tell him about skim milk. The, the, the dark-haired Ron Paul is just like, it just makes me want to ride a horse with a sword. <laughs> the dark-haired Ron Paul. Well, this is a reminder that Ron Paul is always right. So. There we go. So I know there's an Alex Jones bucket that people put money into every time he was right. Is there, is there any tally where Ron Paul has like notched a, you had a, a wrong, he was a wrong mark? If you had a bucket that you put a dollar into every time Ron Paul was wrong, you'd have zero dollars in that bucket. <laughs> that's, that's Unless, and you might even be a guard at the at Fort Knox. Uh, <laughs> Unless your government redefined what is wrong to then oh. accept dollars into the bucket. Oh. Yeah, like we redefined we what a vaccine is. Well, yeah, in that case, he's wrong about everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. So yeah, yeah. it yeah. all depends, you know. So either you're super wealthy or you're super poor. Especially yeah. what this is. What is wealth? You know? <laughs> See, and, he, and he talks about the guy, you know, putting water in the milk supply and all that kind of stuff. I always wondered who designed the milk jugs the certain way. This guy has to be a millionaire. It's designed specifically. So you spill that first little sip of milk. Maybe this needs to go on the conspiracy wheel. Uh, right. milk Everybody milk. knows you sip the first bit out of there. Uh, yeah, one sip of milk a week <laughs> per family. How many more gallons of milk is that per year? The guy is so rich. <laughs> what was that Heineken <laughs> ad for like a Super Bowl or something where it, like it listed the amount of beer spilled a year, like as through people like cheersing yeah. or whatever? It was hilarious. Oh, that, and never that's mind. Funny. I'll never remember what year, what Super Bowl it was. But anyway, all right, next one up. Um, one of our favorites currently in in Congress, Mr. Thomas Massey. This is just ridiculous. This is the House voting on the largest fiscal relief measure in U.S. history last Friday. Of the motion. Those in favor say aye. Those opposed say no. 
The eyes have Mr. it. Mr. Speaker. For what purposes, gentlemen, uh, seek recognition. Mr. Speaker, I came here to make sure our republic doesn't die by unanimous consent in an empty chamber, and I request a recorded vote. A recorded vote is requested. Those favoring a recorded vote will rise and remain standing until counted. An insufficient number having risen, a recorded vote is refused. Mr. Speaker. Gentlemen, recognize. <laughs> I object on the basis that a quorum is not present and make a point of order that a quorum is not present. <laughs> the chair will count for a quorum. Counted for a quorum. A quorum is present. The motion is adopted. Without objection, a motion to reconsider is laid upon the table. So there you go. The CARES uh -huh. Act passed. You know, um, he does Congress. what he can. He's he a, does he's everything he possibly can. I love <clears> Thomas <throat> Massey. Yeah, he's, he's just a uh, he's just a good dude, and he's just there trying to make the best of things. And there we, I, I even love the guy from South Carolina that cracked a beer while he was on his way out. Uh, <laughs> no, you can't have that here. And he's like, "Listen, I'm talking to people right now." <laughs> Lighting your cigarette as you leave the door, like, uh, yeah, just, yeah. I mean, just, just think about it. It was clear in those chambers that not everybody was there. They barely had enough for a quorum. They didn't mention how many they needed for a quorum. And I mean, obviously, we're not privy it's to all the rules. proceedings, but it's in their daggum rules. But oh, you—I should... mean, you can go look up their rules. It's just you know, it's true, who wants to do that? He this was, was wearing... voting on the largest fiscal relief measure in U.S. history. I mean, which, which was which was only bigger than the one that was passed the year prior. Correct. <laughs> it just mean, keeps on getting bigger and daggum bigger. Like that—that that just printed trillions of dollars. Just that, just passing that one thing. That just diluted our milk. Of dollars that diluted yeah. our daggum milk, and I love my milk. <laughs> Give me that whole milk. <laughs> that added eleven countries to the BRICS alliance. There we go. Is what that really? did. Yeah, I love how he protested. Too. Yeah. No, I'm serious. Uh, they just had the Durban Accords last week, and they're they're trying to annex another 11 countries into the BRICS alliance. Uh, well, that, now, we're not in immediate danger of the petrodollar being dethroned, right? Because for something to be considered the global reserve currency, uh, there has to be some level of free-flowing capitalism associated global with reserve. this currency. Yeah. You know, so I don't think the Chinese yuan is going to... Uh, supersede us in any time soon uh no. but as they gain traction we know that i think 60 countries have applied to become a part of the BRICS. there you go we, more think... and more nations worldwide are saying well at least it's the dictator i know rather than the friend that's going to stab me in the back if things keep going we're going to end up using wheat as currency again so I'm not worried about it I'm just going to grow we wheat Bitcoin, yo. We don't I mean, or salt or salt you yeah, Bitcoin. You know, am I the only one? Am I the only one with a hundred pounds of salt in my basement right now? I got about, yes. I got about twenty pounds. <laughs> as it currently stands now, you can't use yuan as a global reserve currency because China has really strict export controls on it. But I was, I was listening to the also. what? I was going to make was, that same point also. So I was listening to uh, the latest episode of the Human Action podcast, which uh, had on friend of the show Peter Saint Ange, and he, <laughs> and he was making the point that um, you know China's economy is in a really bad spot right now because um, for the past several years they've 
they've been taking everybody's saved like retirement savings and investing them into real estate developments that have just been laying empty for several years. Like they've got whole cities that they've built full of buildings, these huge skyscrapers that literally nobody lives in. Well, and another so they, another they, Chinese they, developer it's, today it's said that they were they were uh, likely going to default. They were, I don't know, a bunch of billion dollars behind, and they're they're saying, "Hey, we're going to default." I can't remember which one it was. Well, there was a couple ever, of them that have yeah. multi-trillion-dollar portfolios that are going tango uniform. And you know, there were several years in the early 2010s that rebar was cheaper than cabbage over in China. Um, now, some of that could have been due to the American Recovery Reinvestment Act. Ara under Obama, uh, you know, as totalitarian as it was, it forced local manufacturers to buy American iron. Uh, and country so then, garden. What's that? Country garden. Warned That's right. Default yesterday. Uh, China's country garden, one of the largest real estate developers, is facing a potential default with around 190 billion in debt. It reported significant losses in the first half of this year. And has recently sold stock to repay its debts. So, be yeah, so between uh, what is it, Ever Evergrande, Evergrande. Is, the other, is the other one that's still scraping by? But I mean, you know, China's got issues. Yeah. So yep. the, the the moral of the story being is that when you have you know a communist government or a state capitalist government, whatever you want to call the government of China, that whatever you call it is deeply invested in the entire economy. You're, there's no way to avoid huge amounts of malinvestment. And it so would be, uh, not, Winnie, the, Winnie the Pooh capitalism, I think we could call it. <laughs> so you're, you're, you're a weekly reminder that even though China is big and powerful, they're not as big and powerful as a lot is of people like are afraid that they are because top, they're communist no and communism sucks. Right. Fair I mean, a lot, of, a lot of the development came from the fact that they had technology paired with a very poor... Uh, you know, very poor, large population, which you end up mixing with, you know, you mix that poor, large population with the technology and you get a lot of efficiency really quick in making, you know, cheap shit for export. But yep. that only goes on so long and, you know. Eventually they want air conditioning. Up. Yeah. It's just, it's just facts. Man. That, and eventually, and your one child policy has now stunted, you, stunted your growth and you're in a in a uh, population decline or you're in a projected population decline that you're not going to get out of anytime soon and basically you're coasting on what technology it is but you're basically caught up so i mean yeah you're a threat but like you're also in just as bad of a situation as everyone else around the world and yeah sure. the whole china fear in my in my mind is completely overplayed by you know people who want war on stuff so all right, well, let's move on to. That's not as good. Couldn't take Taiwan. They they might be able to take Taiwan, but at what cost, right? Well, I mean, they did Hong Kong. What happened to them? Nothing. Right. Although, All right. that's a little bit different because there's a bridge right to Hong Kong versus, you know, you got to cross ninety miles of ocean to get to Taiwan. Sure. So. All right. Well, Clint Russell. Uh, Tweeted this out, X'd this out. <laughs> when are we getting uh, Clint on the show? Uh, I'm not right after to... Peter St. Ange. <laughs> All right, let's get him on the list. Reach out, Jake. You got this. Pass. All right, here we go. 
Intel agencies have a big effect on what is broadcast on television and what you see on Facebook and Google as well. I mean, they're all up and down Facebook and Google, as I'm sure you know. And, um, you know, there are a lot of anchors who, including people I know well and have worked with at different networks. I'm thinking of one in particular, national security reporter, who was just a mouthpiece for the Pentagon and the CIA and is knowingly telling lies on their behalf. It's very, very common, very common. And I can think of a number of people at CNN who I know for a fact are doing that exact thing. And so, I mean, they're reading government propaganda from the intel agencies knowingly. And I'm sure they've got some internal rationale that allows them to get up in the morning and face themselves despite having done something that dishonest. But I'm just telling you, bottom line, I know that is, a, that is true. I'm not speculating at all. Um, we all and in particular, well, sure, his dad was security what? Stuff, there are very well-known national security reporters, and I'm thinking of one female national security reporter in particular, who just reads lies from the national security state. And it's wildly frustrating. And it would just make me mad. I mean, even if I don't agree with the lies, okay, but even if I did agree with the lies, I would be offended because they're lies. They're lies. Like when, you know, when CIA and the Pentagon were claiming that Bashar al-Assad used poison gas against his own people. There was there was no evidence that was true. I mean, maybe it was true. There was no evidence it was true. None. Zero. And I called them out and they could not provide any evidence. And yet every national security, and it was a big deal. I mean, we killed a lot of people in response. We sent in missiles and killed a lot of people. We took human life in response to that claim. And it was, as far as I can tell, a So there we go. Well, see, and, and one of the ways Tucker knows for a fact, because his dad did what for a living? <laughs> it was was he was he with DARPA? He was something. His dad was some kind of Fed. Yeah, I yeah. I don't fully. I don't fully yeah. trust him, but but he's not wrong yeah. on this point. I mean, no, he's not wrong. Like the the point is absolutely like correct. That, I think he oh, they had they had his... no evidence. They had no evidence no. that Assad. Well, then, like, and then with CNN, the classic thing is the 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 video from the nineties, the first Desert Storm. Uh, you got the guys that are they're doing this reporting and then some bombs start going off in the background and then the oh oh I, I gotta put on my helmet and they put on like a bicycle helmet, some kind of crap. And it turns out they're on the rooftop of the building in the middle of Atlanta, Georgia. They're not in Iraq. Yeah. They have a green screen backdrop and oh like my God. they drop down and like you see one of the other buildings in, in the in the skyscape behind them. Because yeah. like they drop past the green screen at one point it was so crappy uh and that was one of the things that was justified is like why we're over there yeah yeah it's idiotic man um well after last week's episode we have to make a small correction maybe russians are convinced wagner warlord Prigozhin is still alive as conspiracy spreads that putin killed body devil <laughs> I kind of had a suspicion. I mean, you had to be pretty dumb to get on a plane over Russia if you were him. Well, and, and the pronouncement of death came pretty like instantaneously. It pretty <laughs> yeah, it was it was instant. And then, uh, you know, people. And I've heard I've heard both of his planes is, were in the air at the same time. There was another Prigozhin plane that was over Moscow simultaneously, and they were like, "Prigozhin's not dead. He's landing in Moscow right now." But that one fell into a black hole. Yes. Uh, well, <laughs> I mean, 
there was definitely some bodies recovered from this one. And this is the most interesting quote. Vladimir Putin was perfectly aware that his double was flying instead of him. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting hmm. quote. Interesting quote. Well, and it's, uh, and it's pretty weird too. That like, so he, he he dropped that recruitment video from Africa, from Niger. You know, because we yeah. were talking about you know throwing oil on the fire. Uh, the Niger coup. The, the, there's there's an oil pipeline involved. Lo and behold, uh, and and he's dropping a recruitment video down there because like, wait a second, what are the Wagner forces doing in Niger? And then, like the next day, he drops a video talking about. You know, we're here to, to bring peace and freedom across the globe in Niger and everywhere across Africa. I mean, they're they're mercs. They go where they're paid. So it's true. Uh, but he was out there repping for Russia hard, talking about like we're bringing peace to the scene. You know, everything's okay because we're here. And then it was less than a week later that he's flying back to Moscow. And yeah. just kind of. I think I, mean, I think I, the major part of the story that we missed there was the line that said that uh, Prigozhin has access to 1.6 billion in Bitcoin. I personally <laughs> find this quite bullish for Bitcoin. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think the the weirdest thing about this whole story is that apparently we're pronouncing it Niger. Is that uh, the pronunciation really, really of it? Corrected us on that one. My brother said it was Niger and not Niger. Yes, my brother's an idiot, so don't listen to him. <laughs> Yeah, there's, I'm, I'm, I will not pronounce it Niger. That sounds pretentious and stupid. Well, you just did twice. Shut your mouth, Zane. I That's grew the exception up exception to uh, the rule. I grew up in really like sticks, redneck Florida, and someone tried Do we to want spray to know paint. How Pronounce it. <laughs> no, 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 no. I. Okay. It's not my pronunciation of the word or whatever. I was gonna say someone tried to spray paint. A common oh, racial no. slur all over someone's house where I grew up. As, but as they're so happened. dumb, they don't know how to spell it, and they used one G, and so it was Niger, Niger, Niger all over the driveway <laughs> and the house. And, and honestly, like right there, it just encapsulated like who was the idiot. I don't know. All right. I was gonna. I was gonna say that Niger does seem like the much safer pronunciation. It does seem yeah, safer. Laura says it's because it was colonized by the French. However, I stand by my statement that it is pretentious because French is pretentious. I'm on Jake's <laughs> side now. I'm on Jake's hey, side now. If there was any other language, to, we can go to Niger one day and have some freedom fries. How about that? I like that a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All Niger right. It's it's Alden's time of the show to shine. Alden. Oh watch, yeah. You watch the videos that you have sent. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. All right, so it's a uh, 9/11 conspiracy theory time. Um, what do, what are you calling this segment? Start Alder? with uh, start with the other one. Start with the other one. Yeah, start with Silverstein, because Carrie's commenting on someone asking about Silverstein. Gotcha. All right. Well, here we go. In the event of any damage to the buildings, it was my obligation to repair the damage or replace whatever is necessary to do it as quickly as possible, like kind, like quality. Oh wait, no, stop. Location now is to put it back. What? This is the one that I sent you that, okay, so just for context, I typed in the same thing on YouTube to try to track down this video that I knew existed, and YouTube has scrubbed it. And this is the one that I was telling you um, is, like, painting Larry Silverstein as, like, a hero. 
Right. So like this is the one that we don't necessarily need to watch this one. This is painting him as a hero that took the billions of dollars that he made from the insurance claims for the towers into building a new tower and makes him like the city hero or whatever. <laughs> this is the top of the result when you type in the same keywords here in YouTube. I had to go to BitChute to find what I was looking for. So we can watch this if you want by contrast, but well, I don't know who's talking, but we're 12 seconds in and he's already sold me a reverse mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Larry All right, so, is the private leaseholder of the Twin Towers when the planes hit. So yeah. The video we were we were watching was painting him as a hero. And yeah. this, this is... That's what YouTube has to say about him. Like, and this is what BitChute has to give you. Here we go. This is, Carrie. did I send you a third one that was I don't, I don't think him? Did. Yeah, I think... I it either didn't go through, but I definitely sent it. But oh wait, I think I found it. Yeah, let me let me get it in there. So play that one first, and then the carry one. Here we go. Got I don't want to listen to the hero the one again. Fire department commander telling me that they were not sure they're going to be able to contain the fire. I said, you know, we've had such terrible loss of life. Maybe the smartest thing to do is is pull it. Uh, and they made that decision to pull, and then we watched the building collapse. So this was a PBS interview, and this snuck out, and then in the years after this, they tried to scrub this from the internet. They tried to, because they changed the narrative. They were like, no, no, wait, it's, we didn't, we didn't pull it, we didn't control demo it. You know, it, it mm. fell because of the, of you know, some piece of the building hit it or it caught on fire or whatever. So they, they changed right. the narrative on it. So they tried to get rid of this and walk it back. So that was the private leaseholder of the buildings saying it. And then now there's John Kerry at the time, you know, on tour presidential candidates, basically confirming the same thing. Interesting. Here we go. Question I have for you. Um, World Trade Center 7 was brought down... Um, on September 11th at 5.20 in the, in the evening. Uh, the leaseholder of the World Trade Center complex, Larry Silverstein, Freaking lurch. gave a uh, <laughs> public interview on PBS in 2002, and he said that they- $400 a haircut right there, which folks. Which is a demolition term for intentionally bringing down the building. This man made over $5 billion for those buildings' destruction, and I want to know if there was ever a formal investigation into Larry Silverstein, the leaseholder of the World Trade Center complex, and his ties to this entire event. I don't believe there's been a formal investigation. I haven't heard that. I don't know that. I do know that uh, they, that, that wall, I remember, was, was in danger, and I think that they made a decision based on the danger that it had of destroying other things, and they did it in a controlled fashion. Uh, there you go. So you got two people, the leaseholder and a presidential candidate, basically confirming or at least saying at that time that mm -hmm. it was decided to pull the building in a controlled fashion. And mm -hmm. then later, in this is only in 2002 and in 2004 or whatever, and uh, later everyone was like, wait, no, like that's can't be done in a matter of hours. Like, you know, you need like a long time to go in there and set it up so like, that's been proven not possible. Our new thing is that it just fell of its own accord in its own footprint. But these are things that I've been holding on to for years. Without these being clips. struck by a plane or any other major structural damage. No, no, exactly. And, and normal fire temperatures don't 
you know, when we get no other skyscraper has ever collapsed. Not from fire. So no, going into Labor Day weekend, if you if you needed a reason to not feel bad about having Heinz ketchup on the table, um, you know, he's admitting it was controlled demolition, right? What's the Heinz, Heinz ketchup? ketchup? Is the only acceptable ketchup. Uh, John Kerry's the uh, his wife is the heir to the Heinz ketchup. Oh, fortune. that's yeah. right. That's <laughs> right. But it's the only acceptable ketchup. And it, I mean, coming from the Pittsburgh guy, there's, like, no, yeah. there's no other acceptable ketchup. Okay, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. Do uh, you know how serious it's taken here? Yeah, no, Jake, I, under, I understand. The, the, the local fields, parks, I get it. <laughs> the local Jake, amusement remember, park. Uh, some someone at the local at the amusement park. Someone up in corporate there switched it to Hunts once, and the news got out before the park opened for the season. Mm-hmm. And the whole city threw a tantrum for until they said, "Oh no, 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 no! It's going to be Heinz. Don't worry." It and Pittsburgh burned to the ground. Like it was, it was a <laughs> but the like a week because they were like, "We can't, you can't have Kennywood without Heinz ketchup." Like it was literally. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. We're to the. Uh, I have three funny videos to show, and then we're out. This one's super short. Um, my politics in 2016, my politics in 2024. It doesn't matter. You can see everything's coming to a head. All you people that love the system, just enjoy it. <laughs> just enjoy global depression. Just enjoy the rioting, the checkpoints, the wars, just all of it. It's what you want. And quite frankly, we all deserve it. <laughs> Peak male performance. That is, that is it. That's the most I've ever agreed with Alex Jones. Yep. <laughs> I fully agree with that. <laughs> All right. Next one. Here we go. Did you know you're temporarily blocked? No, this is not AI. This is a brand new, revealed today, wind-powered cargo ship. Designed by America's Cup engineers, the cargo ship is going to launch from China and carry a shipment of grain to Denmark. Engineers are saying that it could save up to three tons of fuel per day. In other tech news, this is a sneak peek at Nintendo's next console. This is a prototype <laughs> for the iPhone 24. And the way gas prices are going, this is the 2027 Honda Civic. I know what you think. <laughs> yeah, so freeze on that. Does that look like the white flag of surrender to anybody else? I mean, like just like the, calling that. Uh, there, there were news outlets calling well, that the first wind-powered cargo ship. Like the Dutch the East first. India Trading Company never existed. Yeah. <laughs> well, to be fair, I think I've made this point, but um, this whole story about yeah, wind-powered cargo ship keeps popping up every couple. Well, it's it's been every couple months. It's been popping up recently, but it goes back like ten years that you get ten, fifteen, twenty years. You keep finding this wind-powered cargo ship story coming around. So, yeah. But also, I think it's a very interesting. Just that whole that whole video. I find it very interesting about. Um, the point he was making where if you get rid of fossil fuels uh you create poverty because everything you had there <laughs> it was just it, just poverty right yep. horse-drawn carriages landline phones just peak poverty by getting rid of the fossil fuels so hey, um, where, you know the horse used before candlelight right sure. yeah i said fair. you know what the socialists used before candlelight right light bulbs electricity that's right <laughs> that's good yeah i i know that i've said this on the show before but i'll say it again climate alarmism is anti-human and wishing death on billions of people so you are the carbon they reach. want to reduce there we go that should, that should be the title of the show 
or the the subline. All right, here we go. Final video of the day. How's your year going, y'all? Uh, it's fucking <laughs> no, I can't. No. Dad, Yeah, there this go. one's. <laughs> it's just shit. Look at my back. No. No. Mom, we gotta go back. Honestly. <laughs> Guys just cannot catch a break. Oh, it feels man. about right. Yeah. I just did this up in Blue Ridge. We were up there for uh, July 4th weekend. Had a cabin with the wife, and uh, it was raining. And I was like, sweetie, let's go. Let's go walk across the creek. There's a little bridge over there. It'd be romantic. We're in the woods. The rhododendrons around. I'm, I, I'm in my element. And I, and I take my first step on that wet bridge. Bam. I, I mean, just <laughs> pancaked backwards rolled over, fell off the bridge. It was like a two foot drop down to the rest of the ground. And I'm like, I got the wind knocked out of me and I'm down there like, you know, gasping for air. And she's like, sweet. Oh my God, are you okay? And I look up like ants, ants. And I get up, <laughs> and, I get up and run. Oh my God. I haven't had the wind knocked out of me in 20 years. That's hilarious. Yeah, it's been a while since that happened. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, y'all, that's going to do it for today's show. Thank y'all so much for tuning in. Thank you for your comments. Keep commenting. Drop a like on the video. Um, all you over on Rumble, I apologize that we cannot see your comments over here. I apologize that at some point um, I'm going to start doing this on OBS and we will be able to see your comments and return, um, put them up on screen and everything. So uh, thank y'all for watching. Appreciate it. Anybody else got any uh, last words before we head out? lpgeorgia.com uh, lpgeorgia.com there we go Follow us for more goodness like this and Heck yeah. uh, you know like the shooting range uh the shooting uh, day we just had with osprey shooting solutions mm -hmm. um what we got coming up we got a uh anti-digital surveillance uh bar, pub crawl bar crawl in yeah, savannah. savannah there we go um, any excuse to get down to savannah right and go drink Heck yeah. I would do a pub crawl in Savannah. Yeah. Hey, just just by the Alden, way, you, go you, might, you might want to get a hotel in Pool. When is this? Because Savannah right, and I'll Chatham County just put this new hotel tax in place where the fees and the taxes equal the rate of the hotel room per night. It is horrible. Yeah, I'll sleep in my car. So you might want to stay in Pooler or somewhere just outside of Savannah because that I'll, is oh, Jake's, Jake's got a I'm van. This, I'm taking this thing. You can yeah, yeah. 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 crashing Jake's van. Let's, yeah. But let's see. only one person, and that person is Alden. I was going to shout out to uh, Green Truck Pub in Savannah. Also had my favorite ketchup, by the way. Homemade we ketchup. ketchup before, fantastic. So. Yeah. Is it homemade? Savannah, me, but Savannah Pub Crawl to Banish Big Brother. No. September 30th from 7 to 11 p.m. Saturday, September, September 30th, 30th, 7 to 11 p.m. I'm um, going to write it down on my calendar. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, so yeah, if you're in the Savannah up. area or you want to come uh, enjoy a pub crawl through through Savannah, which, by the way, is an open carry alcohol city, you can carry. That's up yeah, not guns. Bar to bar. It's uh, well, I mean, Georgia is an open carry state, so you can do both. Well, yeah, Savannah's close enough to Fort Stewart, too. Usually there's Whatever. usually there's questions about can you do it with can you drink with a gun on your hip? And that's uh, what I was. The answer is yeah. usually no. Well, to quest this, questions. Yeah. I don't. I don't really care about questions. Just give me the answers. You know. I'm gonna, I'm <laughs> Just gonna do don't it make it way. visible. 
Keep it in your sock or something. You know. There we go. All right, there's y'all. Fifty-one percent signs in in Georgia, like in Texas, Jake. So there we go. All right. Well, here we go. Um, that's it for this week. Tune in to Free Georgia Podcast on Monday night. I'm sitting down with Mr. Dave Benner um, to talk about his new book about Thomas Paine. Um, Dave Benner's awesome. Tune in next week to more Liberty Libations at 8 p.m. Eastern here on our YouTube channel, Rumble channel, Facebook, Twitter. Join the Bitcoin Caucus. That's it. Join the Bitcoin Caucus. All right, y'all. That'll do it. Thank y'all for watching. We'll see you next time. Peace.